Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and of 105 episodes I've come on here, I put the microphone on, I talk to you, and I was suffocating from the bullshit and drivel that was coming out of your mouth. And I'm Av Sedensky, and Alex, I would love it if you and your family would join me at my house this year for Shakuktas. <laughs> Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 9, Episode 5. Thank you for your service which originally aired on October 29th, 2017. And off, thank you for your service. 105 episodes. You've always been here. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, I'm not ready to die for my country, but I would play dead for my country in mm. a second. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, we uh, we thought we may have a postwoman uh, with us today, but uh, a last minute cancellation, unfortunately. But the good news is that means you get more of me in off unless you dislike us, in which case that's very yeah. bad news. Um, and the bad, uh, maybe bad news, maybe good news, maybe irrelevant news is that the uh, the clips that we uh, cut for this episode are still going to be the ones with uh, the male woman in them. So, you know, that's what you're getting. I'm not I, I didn't uh, cut new clips. So um, that's what we're going to listen to. If those are not your favorite clips of the episode. Well, you know, tough luck. We thought. Yeah. So we're going to have the mail. Maybe she'll just uh, write in by mail. Hmm. So should we uh, jump right in then? Um, yes, let's jump right in to the episode. Uh, here we are. We are uh, very quickly at the halfway point of season nine. Uh, just uh, five episodes to go in the season, 15 episodes to go in the series. As you said, um, Alex, uh, I too thank you for your service. And we will start out this week at the golf course um, at Mr. Takahashi's club. And Larry is driving into the club and Sal, the security guard, stops him and tells him, Larry, it's happening. Mm. He tells Larry he's going to be taking part in a revolutionary war reenactment that happens every year. Um, and, you know, you're really not going to believe how many people are going to be here. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a really wild day. I can't wait for it. And Larry's just like very frustrated. Like he has just like no interest in talking to this guy. He's like wants to get in. He wants to go. Uh, you know, he has his tea time with Jeff. Um, and he like starts trying to roll the window down. And Sal's like, oh well, you know, I'm trying to still trying to figure out like my character. And like he kind of performs two different uh, accents for him. See what Larry thinks. And like Larry could not be less interested. Um, he does finally manage to roll his window all the way up. And Sal advises him that, you know, just like FYI, uh, it's going to be like really full in the main lot today. I would suggest that you go to the left today and uh, use that lot. So, you know, kind of avoid the congestion. Now, tell me if you think that this is just Larry missing something obvious or if there was a big enough difference between 2017 and 2022. But to me, the obvious solution to Larry's problem is just 
be on the phone or even pretend to be on the phone as you drive up. Right. So then you just sort of signal, you sort of wave and signal without opening the window and you sort of point to your phone, you know, and then. Right. Yeah. Or you just have a podcast on really loud. Like maybe Larry's listening to uh, season seven, episode three of pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, that kind of breaks a lot of rules of space and time, but you know, you can mm-hmm. imagine it nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you know, the postman comes on and he's just like, Oh, so, so, postman, you know, you gotta go. Mm-hmm. I think that, that works just as well. Yeah. Except no. if you're listening to a podcast of your own voice, then it's sort of hard to claim that it's a, uh... it's not his own voice. It's us. It's Larry's yeah. in the car. We're the we're the ones of the podcast. Oh, so Larry says, "Oh, I got Larry." It. Pod, Larry David's not on our podcast. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't realize you that Larry David. The impression was... that Larry David is on the. No, I, I didn't realize that in this situation, Larry David was literally listening to our podcast. Yeah, he's listening to our podcast. Yeah, okay. All yeah, right. Larry's very self indulgent like that. Hmm. Okay. Um, I feel like the uh, I was listening to um the showrunner of uh, Station Eleven was on with uh. Chris and Andy uh, from the watch. Mm-hmm. And you know how like the guy, the, the Mr. Robot guy, uh, S smile. I can't remember his name. He like, he comes on like every year to do like a, like best of the year episode with them. Okay. And he's like, like they have this whole conversation about station 11, which like is like their favorite show of the year at the end. He like basically begs them if he can come back to just like talk about TV with them. So like, I feel like we have like the similar thing with Larry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We just need the hook. Yeah, he would. Like, as soon as he listened to us, he'd be like, oh, my God, I'm totally yeah. These guys, like, break down curbs super well. <laughs> they, they understand all of the minutiae, everything that I thought they figured out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so he heads on into the golf course, and uh, Larry tells Jeff and Richard that he really regrets having built this relationship with Sal. Um, he, you know, I was just trying to be nice. It was a huge mistake. Now I'm stuck. I have to talk to this old geezer every time. He's so boring. I have no interest. I just want to come in like everybody else. Just wave, say hi, be friendly. Like you're all like a great guy, right? You wave like that's like, you know, that makes you nice. Like I have to talk to this guy for 10 minutes. Um, and Jeff's like, sorry, man, you're stuck. Like you can't reset the relationship at this point. Um, which here, this is, a, this is, I think a very solid curbism, this, uh, concept of resetting the relationship um it's definitely something that i feel like happens a lot in our circles with respect to like um you know like inviting people for meals and stuff like some like you have like a certain like tennis rhythm with somebody where it's like you know like the volley back and forth and then like at certain points some people have like want to try to get out of that rhythm into less like you know they're you know they're prioritizing other people they kind of lost interest one way or the other so it's like they should, the we, other- should we give some context just for listeners that don't know what we're talking oh, about sure sorry yeah so like yeah. in our communities like people like very often entertain and like have company over um for like lunch or specifically lunch but also dinner meals on uh shabbat um for, for over the weekends and um there's just like a lot of I wouldn't say pol- I mean, there's some politics, but just like there's a lot of like dynamics around like inviting people and who, you know, who, who people making bigger meals and smaller meals and potlucks versus this type of meal. And I, I always think it's interesting when it's like clearly like there's just like a, an imbalance in the interest in a relationship. And one person is clearly trying to reset and saying like, you know, we normally have you and then you have us three months later. And then we have you three months later. And then like somebody the other person like invites back one month later you're like oh they're like, coming out a little strong we just had you uh but then it's like oh well we had them they didn't have us for a year and a half and then like then they have you but like now you need to like wait an appropriate amount of time because like you don't want to look too desperate it's like it's you know it's, mm. it's all so, you gotta, you, so you gotta wait a year and a half so you're basically saying 
wait however long. You don't have to wait. A, you yeah. don't have to wait a year and a half. But meaning, like, don't come on too strong, right? So uh, I, I want to learn more about this theory. So, what is the percentage that you can accelerate or decelerate without being too obvious in the point you're making? Um, so let's say you're on a three month cycle with somebody and you either want to hang out with them more or you want to avoid them. Like what, what, what can you go to without being like too uh, aggressive or offensive? Yeah. I mean, I think you definitely have more leeway, like going less often, like you could go to like six, eight, nine months. And it's like, that's not like, Oh, they hate us. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever shit happens, like whatever. No, no one's like being this precise about it. But like, if you go from like, you know, oh, like we have you, you have us back. And then like you have us like one month later. It's like, mm, we, we just saw you okay. unless like we're unless, you know, both sides are into it, whatever. It's, you know, it's the same as, as dating. It's like or it's like, you know, if she's people are interested, into it. like, right. If you're into it, like nothing is creepy, like because yeah. like you're into the person. It's like mm, that uh, as an sketch, right? Like the first rule of being of not being like a sexual sound is like be good looking. So it's like if people are into you, then like your advances come off as welcome. Yes. But if like they're not into you, that's yes. very creepy. Then you're so creepy, like, yes. like you should have just be someone who people are into and <laughs> yeah. you don't have this problem. And we were discussing yeah. this before the podcast. Why don't they make sure. the whole Senate out of Barack Obama's? <laughs> oh, yes. They should make all the politicians. Out of yeah. Um, yeah. No, that would be good. That would be good. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. Speaking of Barack Obama's um, and, and presidents, um well actually i'm jumping ahead a little bit so it doesn't work out quite well so you know hold that thought um was that was was that gonna connect to a a veteran no it was gonna connect to the john adams book oh oh yes oh not that's the next the next slide i we i didn't want to skip the part where larry tells them that he's had ill thoughts of ill wishes towards sal (laughs) yeah he's not proud of those thoughts (laughs) but he's had them he's he's kind of proud if he's telling his friends yeah i didn't i didn't want to gloss over that little nugget um so yeah lewis tells him that he wishes larry had returned his john adams book to him already and larry apologizes for keeping it so long but he doesn't really believe that lewis has even read the book yeah so like i don't know what's the big deal and lewis Um, drops from the whole book to the inside flap so fast so fast <laughs> yes yeah no he, he came very quickly yeah um, yeah i mean like he's like he's he's very transparent that like he doesn't know anything about john adams which is a yeah. shame because like he could probably talk much more about clearly about like jefferson watching like everyone can like nobody knows anything about john adams unless like you read the book or saw the like uh what's his name uh um, yeah so i Billions guy uh miniseries <laughs> Which I've seen part of. But not Are you referring to, to Paul Giamatti as Billions guy? Got it. Paul Giamatti, yes. yes. Okay, so I've uh, both read the book and seen the show, and right, yeah, I sure. think I think the, the sort of the point was to accentuate one of the founding fathers who did not have as high profile as some of the others, right? Even though um, he was the first vice president, the second president, you know, a very powerful person. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I right. I, I think we we mentioned before, but it's like I always think about this, like the random people who were like president, who it's like at yeah. a certain point, like you were like literally the most important person and in the now, world. It's Chester like, A. It's Arthur. Like, yeah, like who's Millard Fillmore? Like yeah. what? <laughs> He's not a guy. Well, I mean, um, I've said this like yeah, the, along the same lines. Like three hundred years in the future, how many presidents are remembered? And they're remembered like I mean, Barack Obama says this. You get one paragraph in the history books. Like yeah. Uh, Barack Obama will be remembered as the first African-American president. Right. Nothing probably, else. Correct. Yeah, probably nothing else. Um, Trump, I think better hope that he won't be remembered because if he is, it won't be for good things. <laughs> but I'm withholding the, fa- the opportunity for him to be uh, remembered for a thing even worse than things he would be remembered for. You t- I, you, I've told you my theory. I think the only thing that will be remembered, there's a chance the only thing that will be remembered about Trump is Space Force. <laughs> 
like I mean, space wars could be a big thing like who knows and then yeah. like if that's like oh we're now we're like we're like fighting wars in space like oh yeah. okay we're, we're space wars all like, oh, right trump started it but who was he i don't know it was some guy he was president the only thing i know about him is he did space wars. yeah i mean so the, so the, there that is the best case scenario for him yeah so we start having some interspatial uh, wars <laughs> yeah um or right or like he'll be remembered for whatever happens in the second term will come like dwarf yeah the first term yeah um the third term now forget about that that's gonna be, <laughs> that's gonna be actually good that's he'll finally figure out how to be good by the third term yeah well i mean he, um, he's he has said before and people are like, always oh, joking but like he said before like you know well because my first term right, uh, right. didn't count because the democrats impeached <laughs> me so really right. i should get two more terms right so now he's but now he's twice so yeah five more terms yes and, yeah. and and then you'll have enough people and sort of on the center right. No, no, he's joking. No, you're not supposed to. Do <laughs> he's obviously joking. He yes. would never do that. Yes. In 2034. Yes. All right. Um, let's my, 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 my daughter is or doing her, uh, her classes. Has, has to, everyone has to like choose a president to be. Ah, okay. And she said um, like her last choice was, was between Trump. Like, she, like it was picking out of a hat. Like everyone just picked and like the last two people in the hat were Trump and whoever she got, which was, why did I already forget this? All right, I'll come back to it. Oh, uh, Van Buren, of course, Seinfeld connection. Oh, would they have 46 uh, kids in this class? In all of the grade. Oh, okay. Um, and I was like, why did they even put Trump in there? Like, you just like, it's just gonna cause problems. Uh, it's like, in I itself, got, the whole I, thing I is like, there's you. a president that you can't I even like, have kids. Uh, there are probably many parents of uh, your daughter's classmates who think that they should only have Trump in there. I understand, but yeah. it's like, you, you involve him in this thing. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to have a strong opinion. Like, yeah. So they should be the way, that's we don't like, know anything about that, anymore. That's just like not conducive. Yeah. To, uh, like, you know, which is like in itself, it's like, oh, there's a president that like is not appropriate for his children to know. About yeah. <laughs> and how to discuss. And uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're um, right. yeah. Pick a president that nobody really has any takes. It was upsetting for me, given my name, that Chester A. Arthur, I just sort of as, like as a kid, he's one of my favorite presidents. Obviously, his name is Chester A. Arthur. My name is A. Sure. Chester. Um, if there was a president named Av. Oh, there was Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's my best president. One of the best presidents. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but Chester Arthur was like a really shitty pre- and probably like the least qualified uh, until Trump, like the least qualified person every president. He was <laughs> just a patronage stamp collector and uh, uh, like uh, post office. I forget the his postman. Exact postman. Yes, he was a postman in New York. Um, it was like a patronage position, and he was picked as vice president because of the fact that he was so harmless. And like each side of the party just thought, "Oh, well, he's totally worthless, so we don't have to worry about." It. Um, anyway, do you know why? Do you know why they tried to impeach Chester Ray Arthur? Well, yeah. What's the joke? He screwed the man, the wife of the head of the wheelchair. <laughs> Who, Eleanor? Is was that her name, <laughs> Eleanor Arthur? That was an Eleanor Roosevelt reference. Oh, the I wife see. of the man in the Ooh, wheelchair. That got dark. <laughs> um, I don't think they were alive at the same time. Yeah, no, they were alive at the same time, but they right, were yeah. of age at the same time. Right, Fair. Yeah. right. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, Eleanor. Was they weren't the only, uh, contemporaries. Eleanor was a, a real libertine, especially by the Moors of her era, but frankly, by any era. Yeah, it's funny. I I always think that one of like the most interesting like meta things about Hamilton, just to like veer off into the other, um, you know founding father book turned uh you know adaptation thing mm-hmm. um is that like 
kind of like the central thing of Hamilton is that like he like never got his due because like his political rivals basically buried him after he was dead and like nobody ever told his story. Yeah. And like now we have this thing called Hamilton, <laughs> yeah. which has like drastically like over exaggerated like the importance of Alexander Hamilton. Not that he was very important, but it's like now he's like the only founding father that yes. knows about. And it's like, you know who else also contributed to the founding of the country a lot? George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and John yeah. Adams and all these people that like it's like, oh, Hamilton was the guy. So it's just like very interesting how it's like. So basically, you're saying, fuck you, Emmanuel Miranda. You are too <laughs> successful. No, just like you know, it's it it like overcorrected for the problem. Yes. That it's no, I understand. Yeah, but I mean, there there are many pieces of popular culture about all of those people. It's just that none of them are as incredibly excellent. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this one is incredibly excellent. Yes. yes. Uh, hot take: Hamilton is good. Yes. <laughs> A Hamilton podcast. Um. Yeah, I don't think I'm qualified to do that. Yeah, I, I'm not. And I already did one, even though I'm not. <laughs> um, you, well, you did your qualified to do to do like a deep dive on Hamilton. It's like you need to know a lot about like music yeah. and history. Like you need to. like. Yeah, no, I'm saying but, no, homework. we did it on on on, on 32 fans. We right, you do like one episode of rank the songs. Yeah, yeah we ranked that, 47 songs that you're qualified to do. No, but that, I wasn't actually. I, I didn't make my own rankings. I just uh, um, was the all right. Well, many people are qualified to do that. Like a long form podcast about Hamilton is I think requires a lot more of a work yes for sure um yeah so um yeah lewis admits you know fine i only read the flaps um <laughs> and so jeff uh, assures lewis he'll see to it that larry returns his book yeah by the way uh, richard lewis also mispronounces foe he calls it fa when he's looking at the menu oh yeah i missed that yeah i only know this because like my wife is obsessed with foe and so i'm familiar mm. with the pronunciation interesting um, yeah and so richard lewis uh, not up not up to speed with his soups <laughs> um, maybe because we need to have the yeah. soup bracket yeah the big five soups are you a fan of foe big four soups uh, i don't think i've ever had it it's not that i mean yeah you have to go to like a certain kind of restaurant obviously what, yeah i don't think i've ever had it is it vietnamese what is it um oh. is there gonna is there gonna be any brackets or should oh, we not be yes. talking about this? Pho is a vietnamese soup dish yes Vietnamese. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had Vietnamese. Oh, maybe I've had Vietnamese food as like in like a Chinese takeout place. Like they sometimes have Vietnamese yeah. or Thai dishes, which who, they're probably like whatever. Like I don't know how official those designations are at like the yeah. you know kosher so Chinese the takeout best, place. The best foe that I've had has been vegetarian because it was at like a vegetarian restaurant, a vegetarian Vietnamese restaurant rather than a kosher restaurant. Yeah, got so, it. Yeah, I think you know real foe has. Like meats in it more so than sort of the the fake ones that I've had, mm-hmm. but yeah, but yeah, I think I've think. had it. The way I mean, know. like, why would they? Why would they not make it real meat? Yeah, real meat is better. Mm. Yeah, can we? Can I complain since we're going off way off? Um, <laughs> anyway, complain away. Okay, so you know, basically, the, we now have the ability to create meat from stem cells, essentially, and it was never an animal. And that'll be, frankly, how all meat is created over, like, the most of the rest of the bulk of our lives. And so from a halachic, from a perspective of Jewish law, there's no reason you can't now, for example, mix this meat with, with dairy. Right. Um, and so now some rabbis are saying that for, for, you know, not strictly for legal reasons, according to the rule of the law, but for sort of cultural reasons and other, other larger religious goals – and maybe this is the motivation for all of it, and I'm just naive and being an idiot. But, well, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> that's that. That's I was I was okay. wasn't going to cut you off, but yes. <laughs> okay. The point is, that I I'm mean, gonna, that's why that, that's where like historically, I don't know, if it's, but like many people theorize that like 
the main purpose of like kosher rules is just to prevent intermarriage. Like, like if you don't, yes. oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but look, it's the same way that like, you know, the Book of Mormon is made and is like this very popular show on Broadway. No other religion is any less ridiculous. The origin story, it's just one of them happened in the 1840s in New York and the other ones happened thousands of years right. ago. Half it's, it's more easily falsifiable, whereas yes. others yes. also probably didn't happen. But like, who knows? Yes. So, you know, once we have the tradition for many centuries, OK, fine. So it is what it is. But for them to sort of transparently make these announcements seems very uh, frustrating. And it um, could lead to a split, I think. I mean, there's already many splits, endless splits. Yeah. Yeah. They're all splits. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, you know, I, I obviously it's it's a lot more driven by politics and cultural decisions, as you're yes. saying. Then, right. Obviously, like the, they, they will be like scientifically illiterate if they claim that yeah. this is me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. OK. Tomorrow um, sign. Well, not if, yeah, not if everyone knows that it exists. Like yeah. People will just go, oh, he's probably having one of those, like, lab crap created cheeseburgers. No, but like, even, yeah, but, like, even, you know, like, I was on the Subway uh, Baseball Little League team one year. Subway sponsored our team. And if you wore your uniform into Subway, you could get a free fountain soda, which, when you're, like, a 10-year-old boy, is, like, an extremely important thing in your life, especially if you're, like, never allowed to have soda in your house, uh, which you call pop, of course, because you're from Minnesota. And so I really desperately wanted to go, but my rabbi informed me I'm not allowed to because um, it's impermissible to enter a non-kosher establishment, even if only to get a fountain soda, because uh, lest one see me and think, oh, there's a Jewish boy eating a uh, uh, ham and cheese sandwich at a subway, Mm -hmm. even though I'm sitting there drinking, which, uh, yeah, so that might be a little bit of a stretch. But uh, anyway, why are we discussing this? This is my fault. I started it. I don't know. It's a good question. You got got us down this road. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So the waiter comes over. Let's pretend says, we've been sort of uh, doing a, a rehash of the league with Jenny from the league for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a lot more fun. Than yeah. Well, so that was doing. wonderful. Thank you so much. Now let's uh, turn back to curb enthusiasm for a second. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the waiter wants to let them know that in addition to the regular menu items, there's also been in addition to the menu a Dover sole sautéed in a lemon butter sauce. I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever had sole. So, you know, like the whole thing about like all the fish we've had is like different fish just with different names. Right. What do you mean? Like restaurants, like every like they call it tilapia or Brazilian sea. Like these are all lies. It's all like the same fishes and they just like give them. Who says that? There's like Google. this. There's like endless articles about this. Really? Even at like fine restaurants. What? There's like there's like gross misrepresentation of, of fishes. Googling fish in restaurants is fake. Is that what I should Google? Or this Latin, is how re- many restaurants serve bass. fraudulent fish. What website is this? RD.com, Reader's Digest. Okay, so they probably can... wouldn't publish it if it was completely made up. Yeah, you can go, but if you can find the New York Times. Oh, huh, yeah. It could be that salmon you ordered is not really salmon. Why are they doing this? Does it say money? Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, here's New York Times from 2013. Fish are often not what label says. Um, oh shoot! Now I have a automatically. Well, I know that I know that for sure. Like um, butchers do this, like with cuts of meat. It's like all made up. Yeah, they just they write French roast on it. There's, it doesn't mean anything. Like they, there's no regulations of what of what you can write meat is. Yeah, Other I mean, than, like there's you, like one thing you like, have you to be a person like who knows USDA the difference, which ninety percent of people don't. So. Right. It's like, yeah, that's why they, there's this uh, there's this Facebook group that I've made where you post pictures of your meat and people <laughs> tell you what it is and like how to cook it. Can I take that out of context? 
So you're, you're in a Facebook group where you where guys post pictures of their meat. Yes, of yes. meat they have bought in the supermarket. Thank okay. you. All right. Well, well done, Alex. Yeah. You have gotten me. <laughs> Somebody should make a super cut of me saying that. Yes. Spotify will kick us off or not kick us off. We'll do whatever they do. Um, have we decided? Have we are we pulling our um, our content from Spotify? I think not. I think we'll stay outside of Spotify, right? Um, sure. I did like it. which podcast that it was this on the Pesca podcast. I heard on some podcast about how Neil Young himself has had like these anti-science ridiculous people about yeah, GMOs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He does his bad. They're all like, what? It's like, fuck everyone. Whatever. Yeah, we were, we were just talking about GMO meat, but like, yeah, it, that one. I think, in fact, I think it was Pesca's podcast years ago where he said like, literally the only item that he could find, he was like certain researching where the scientific consensus among scholars in that particular field that was higher than global warming was like 97% was that, that there's no health risk of GMOs. And that was like 98% of like experts in those fields. Um, and yet there's like, just like, there's, yeah, there's a huge percentage of people who are like scared off by them or whatever for some idiotic reason. Yeah. And how many, yeah. How, and like, how but many, it's like marketing, like whatever. when you buy groceries, there's a big sign, like no GMOs. And I was like, well, this is very stupid that I hope <laughs> I'm not endorsing this idiocy by buying this, but. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is bad. Yes. All right. Where were we? Where were we? So, yeah. So Larry asks, would it be possible instead of sauteing the sole for them to broil it instead? Yeah. And the waiter says, hmm, I don't know, but I'll ask the chef. And Larry says, OK, but when you ask him if he makes a face, like, forget about it. Like, I don't want to do it if it's like a big deal. Like, if he's yeah. fine with it, great. If, if it's like an imposition, not interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeff uh, tells now the waiter that, is played by Neil Casey, who's I feel like he often shows up in things and is very funny. He's very he looks very familiar to me, but I couldn't quite place him. I guess he does look a little bit like um, I always forget his name. The guy who was uh, the guy from the Giants movie who was on this season. The Giants movie, the movie about the guy, the Giants fan, the fan or whatever. Pat he was on the most Pat Oswalt. Yeah, oh. he, look, he has like a little bit of a similar look as Pat Oswalt. OK, so I think like the droopy I eyes. Know, I think where I know him from is making history on Comedy Central. You ever watch that? No. OK. Um, I think that's probably why I know him from. So he's always um, he's like one of the main guys in that. So. All right. Um, yeah. Oh, so by Jeff, the way, an in, in update. Yeah. Uh, Chester A. Arthur uh, died when Eleanor Roosevelt was two years old. OK, so, yeah, yes. that wouldn't be cool. Yeah. So I, I, I yes, I hope that it was a different man in a wheelchair who's. Yeah, and I don't know how uh, sexually active he necessarily was in his later years. Between the two of them, he's not the one I'm concerned about sexually active. Oh, meaning if he was even like not sexually active the last two years of his life, then she wasn't even born yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what okay. I'm saying. All right. Okay. Meaning it's like there even yeah. even that two years, it's like hey, he was he was probably done. Yeah. Although I guess maybe people back then didn't live that long. I don't know how any of this works. Can can we go back to uh biblical matters? Uh for yeah, a sure. Uh, sure, absolutely. Our, our our collective, if you remember one of the three Abrahamic fates, uh, our collective forefather Isaac. Uh, married his wife Rebecca when she was but three years old. So um yeah, well the age is but, the, but, but in, don't worry, but don't worry because he waited 10 years to consummate. He waited until she was 13. Yeah, I mean the age the age he, he was 47 the, by the way. The ages in the old testament are all over the place. Mm. Are you saying that yeah. Methuselah did not live to 969? Yeah, people living to a thousand. It's like you also, no, no, also not, not a thousand, only 969. Yeah, 960. And then yeah. like, yeah, even like Moses living to 120. It's like you have to also keep in mind that it's like this ostensibly happened in like what, like a thousand BCE, where it's like the life, the average life expectancy was probably like nine. 
Well, but uh, remember, this, this is before they had like vaccines and all these other drugs that were killing people. Right. That's true. That's true. They so were safe without all the vaccines. In a vax free environment, I think the norm is to live several hundred years. Yeah, it's like you like you like you lived out in like some cave, like you tripped and fell, just like you you died in that spot. Because like uh, that's it. Like you you made the wrong turn, you walked off a cliff or into a lion. Yeah. So like the idea of living to one hundred and twenty is just like preposterous. Let alone nine hundred, whatever. Hmm. Yes, sixty nine. Yeah, nine hundred sixty nine. Nice, nice, nice. Yes. Um. So yeah. So Jeff is very excited. I'm like more excited than I would have expected Jeff to be about this whole, like, I'm going to buy a suit for the weddings. My daughter's getting married. Like you would think Jeff would not be this guy. I mean, everybody should be excited about the marriage of their child, but yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like the only thing Jeff is excited about is having sex with a strange woman. Also, why is he buying a suit? I would think that this would be a black tie affair. So he should have said the word tuxedo. You're saying. Yeah. Unless this is just like a suit for life. No, he's just for I the think wedding. He's, like I this. think he's getting like, a, well, first of all, you know, this is the whole wedding weekend. He could have multiple outfit changes. Or does suit also, include, is, yeah. is tuxedo under the general category of suit? Well, for sure it is. A tuxedo is, yeah. is a form of it's suit. type of suit. Okay, yeah. fine. So maybe he meant that. But you, okay. yes, but it's, it's standalone enough that usually people say tuxedo. Um, but also I think you might, there's more utility for a fine suit that's formal enough to wear to a wedding than there is for an actual tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Like I own a tuxedo, which at this point in my life, I'm wearing so rarely that anytime I have even the remotest stretch of reason to wear it, I wear it because I got to get it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. We have very different uh, priorities in this regard. <laughs> but do you own a tuxedo? Yeah, I do. I think I own two because I have like have one. Two. when I got well, I have I have one from when like I got married. and I was like super duper skinny. Yeah. And then I have one that I have to wear for like every other wedding that I went to uh, subsequent to that. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. I have a blue tuxedo. So if you invite me to your wedding, I'm wearing a blue tuxedo. <laughs> okay. Well, you should wear that to the um, the bar mitzvah next month, next year, or not oh, even next course. year, this year. Of this course. Year. It's of course. Coming I up will. in four months. You're going to wear I, your blue I, tuxedo. I, I, I wear my blue tuxedo. I got to find one of those hats. Yes, we got we to get those hats. Yeah. I don't have a blue tuxedo. I have a regular tuxedo. I don't even know how I could fit into the regular tuxedo mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. So gotta, get, you got to wear a bow tie. You know, yeah, but just in case you're dating, dating a Muslim girl. Right. Yeah. So the key is we want to look like like a member of the Nation of Islam. I mean, yeah, that's what Leon said. He was trying to <laughs> he was trying to date this Muslim girl. That's what that's what Jews look like. Well, it's quite a rage, yeah, because he could pass. Although, let's be honest, a lot of uh, religious Jews and Muslims do look quite similar. Similar beards, similar right, headgear. Yeah, quite a lot of commonalities actually. Right. To, not, to, to a neutral, to someone less uh, on the inside, the, the differences are less obvious. Yeah. I mean, my brother, and so don't fact check me on this. I mean, you can, but I don't, I'm just relaying a piece of information. I haven't checked it myself in, in like in Chinese, they use the same word for both Jews and Muslims. The word, which basically oh, means really? like monotheist, like Semitics are okay. Because to them and by them, I mean, you know, 20% of the world's population. Yeah. Jews and Muslims are all the same. When you're in the eye of the storm, it feels a little different, I guess. Um, yeah, no, that makes that for sure makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's the case with all sorts of different things. Yeah. Um, you know, you see the divisions. The fact that I just wrote off 20% of the world's population is all the same. <laughs> I mean, in other ways, 100% of the world's population is the same. Like, yes. if an alien was looking at Earth, you wouldn't be like, oh, those are like Chinese people. Those are American people. Yeah. Like, it would, be, it would make no difference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be so, very interesting to see the aliens landing. And what a thought! Being, we're all actually we're all yeah. the same pieces of shit. No, I, I'm imagining uh, various groups immediately try to co-op the alien and convince them why the aliens should join them in killing off the other <laughs> groups. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that probably is yeah. what would happen. Yeah. yeah, people would definitely side with the aliens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trump definitely has a meeting with the alien. He's like, okay, these people are rapists and killers. Yeah, we don't want them. <laughs> these people, these are shitbag countries. We don't want them. <laughs> yeah, the, the aliens are going to end up killing us all. Yeah, although, yeah, I guess, you know, if it's a possibility that he could get them to, like, not kill us, I guess I'm... I'll, yeah. I'll it. Are you um you're you don't watch the show Beforeners, correct? I I watched season one. I've not watched season two. I okay. haven't decided if I'm going to. Oh, okay. It, it's a very different show in season two. Okay. In what way? Much. Well, I, I will equate it to um to Lost. I think Lost okay. in season one, more or less, is there's somewhat supernatural, but they land in this plane crash. It's basically just about surviving on an island. Right, right. There's, there's, there's glimpses of supernatural, yeah. but that was not the focus. Very subtle, yes. And then yes. The, ep- the season ends with the hatch. Right. And it's very clear it's become a different show. Beforeners did that, but they didn't do it at the end of the first episode. The, I mean, the finale of season one, they did it at the start of episode, the premiere of season two. But it's immediately a very, very different show. And in like, that like, also with more boss. embracing the supernatural versus just like the characters. Definitely, yes, definitely. It's yeah, I feel like that would make me lose interest in it because it's just going to like it's going to go down the rabbit hole that it's never going to get out of like all of these things, too. Um, yeah, I mean, I ended up getting very sucked in and enjoying it a lot uh, more. So yeah. almost, you know, like I would never watch fantasy before Game of Thrones. So it might just be that there's a lot of things that are very good. It's just I'm afraid of them because of the genre. Uh, that's for sure the case. Yeah. Um, I think a very good example of that for you and for a lot of people is are the Marvel movies, which are just flat a lot out of awesome. people. I feel like 90 percent of the world has seen them. It's but not yes. true, though. It's not true. I mean, well, a lot of people have seen them, but yeah. like, right. Yeah. Nothing is yeah. anything close to that. Nothing is yeah. like half. Nothing's a third. Like, yeah, um, like the most popular show gets seen by like four billion people now. Like, it's, you know, no, nobody watches the same things. Um, yeah. But like, I think people are um, kind of like pushed off a little bit from watching them because of like, oh, they're comic book movies, whatever. They're just but like rather than realizing that that like. There's many of them that are just like legitimately great movies with like great characters and like great action scenes and like yeah. good stories and like good villains and like they're just like really really good movies with that are also like different genres. There's like spy thrillers and like kids movies and like mysteries and like all those different types of things like you know and people are just like oh well it's just like you know like funny men in underpants and pajamas like fighting each other and it's stupid but like. I think there's like there's a whole population of people that are put off by that stuff that would love these movies because they're just like great movies. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Although I do think it's it's a sign of how deeply influential and massive these movies are that even the people who don't see them have to have an opinion about them and an explanation of why they don't see them. Right. Right. Like, yeah, for every other piece of content, I don't have to explain why I don't watch it. I don't watch it because I'm not even thinking about it because, you know, so, the, the, you know, they are big enough that people sort of have to have a reason. And I agree that is yeah, no, they're very they're very big movies and they're making more money than any movies have ever made. But there are also there's also just yeah. still like this whole segment of the population that's just doing other stuff um, yeah. like always oh, like there should be. It's fine. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that I think would like them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone should check out Avengers. <laughs> Good stuff. We're going to talk about Kerb at all today. Yeah, um, eh, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, so yes, so Lewis wants to know about the guy that's, uh, Sammy's getting married to. And Jeff tells him that he's from the Afghan war. And luckily he's not one of those that got the PTSD. He's fine. Very strange way to describe him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) the waiter is your daughter marrying a Jew, but don't worry. He's not one of those Jewish. Uh, he comes to tell Larry that the chef didn't make much of a face when he asked him for the broil. 
Uh, Larry asks him to demonstrate the face, and like the, the thing he does, which like is nothing. Like there's like no even like thing at all. It's like a little like I don't even know. Like he pouts his eyes a little. It's like whatever. There's a uh, skyward so like, look and sort of a a, a blowing, yeah. or a puffing. See, I had the yeah. opposite perspective of you. Oh really? You thought well, that he looks angry? Well, my well my or perspective. Or sighing. From Larry's perspective, getting into the mind of Larry in in the show, right? His point is, if the chef has any negative reaction. No, whatsoever abandoned because i don't really care enough to you know i don't want to upset the chef and i think that very like the guy comes back and says there was no reaction if you say slight reaction slight reaction is reaction either he says no there was no reaction at all he said gladly if it's literally anything else it's cancel the plan right yeah based on larry's logic of why he's asking him in the first place and so larry delving into what exactly was the level of the face is like dumb to me because again like I'm accepting the, the craziness of the core world. But like, well, Larry just said is if there's a face, I don't want it. Also, by the way, you're going to go back and ask a second time. Like if the guy already threw you a face the first time, that's not going to make him less facey to you. He's going to be yeah. like, oh, this guy's even more annoying and ridiculous. Right. I agree. Yeah. You can't, uh, two wrongs don't make a right in that situation. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You can't, yeah. uh, you can't reset the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Larry sees that this guy, Ken, is uh, in the dining room and he waves to him and he comes over and Larry tells Jeff and Lewis that Ken's wife just had a baby. And the guy pulls out his phone. He's showing everybody pictures. Everyone seems to be on the lock screen, doesn't it? Um, He pulls out his phone without touching anything. He says, bam. So I'm assuming he's just showing like the lock screen photo. All right. That's fine. That's a good thing to show him. Yeah. Um, Larry comments that he thinks the baby looks a little Asian. Hmm. And Ken's like, what do you what? Why, why are you saying that? What do you mean? And like, why why couldn't you just like say a normal thing like everybody else? Which I think is one of the better taglines we've gotten for the show is. And it's also like the, the thing that will happen later with the thanking for your service. It's just like, why can't you just do what everybody else does? Like, even if you think it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, uh, can I say something that uh, might be uh, cancelable? Sure. When I start that yeah, way. Sure. Yeah. Um, if we're talking about like the racial perception of like uh, of babies, I feel like babies are often like not sort of fitting into like the stereotypical like lines that we've driven for various groups at later times. Yeah, babies just look like babies. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of babies might not look like sort of, again, what you would expect them stereotypically to ethnic ethnically to look like based on their parentage when they're like infants. Yeah. yeah. Now, this baby does look like its parentage. Yes, exactly. Now, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I can't recall and, you know, I can't go back in time. I know, but my, my memory of the first time I saw this episode was the first time that we hear reference. And it's not even him. I think it's his, it's Mr. Takashi's assistant who comes out, but mentions his name. My recollection is as soon as Larry's called back to meet with him thinking, oh, I bet Mr. Takashi is the father of the baby. Oh, so I had completely forgotten about that. So I was like legitimately surprised oh, okay. when, that, when we have so that. That's reveal my memory end. of my first viewing. And I could be wrong, but I do know that when I, my viewing this time, I immediately remembered it right away. I didn't remember it like in the episode. I didn't remember when he showed the baby. I didn't. But as soon as Takahashi called him back to his office, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Got it. Yeah, I completely forgot about it. Mm, okay. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's also um, I, think, I don't think we realized when we had Dana on how many episodes he comes back for. Um, I knew that he comes back, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that third time now. Yeah, but the one we did him, we had him for was, I think, by far his most active. Sure. Yeah. 
Actually, fourth time when we include him buying the uh, the vehicle and they were selling it. Of course, right. Yes, I, yes. I count that because I maintain that was Mr. Takahashi. That was Mr. Takahashi, yes. Yeah, well, he was just I'm, playing a character. Mr. Mr. Takahashi might need several cars to keep parked in various parking lots with all these women that he's uh, impregnating. Yeah, Mr. Takahashi, you know, his boys can swim. Yeah, I mean, he has to pour his sort of his... He has to pour himself, uh, no pun intended, somewhere because with, with the loss, of course, of his beloved birds. Did you see his office is completely every wall, every piece of art, the whole thing is a uh, is is to his uh, beloved uh, uh, lost birds that Larry killed. What are they again? Black uh, cranes? No, not cranes. Uh, black swan. Swan. No, is it a swan? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was the name of the movie. Black swan. No, oh, okay. I think so. Was yeah. it? It's not the black swan. No, I think you're right. Herb. I dressed uh, as the black swan for perm once. Black. Swan. Yeah, the black swan. Um, So what's interesting, just like jumping ahead to where this is going to go, is like what what seems to have happened here is so like this incident happens and then um, Ken must go home and see his wife and he's going to say, you're not going to believe what Larry David said today, Mm -hmm. like completely unaware, like an idiot. And she's going to like she might. She's like scared out of her mind in a way because she's like, oh, my God, like, is he on to me? Is like whatever. And like, then she goes and reports back to Mr. Takahashi, who then has to call in Larry. So like, that has to be the chain of events here, which I think is interesting that uh, Ken um, just like completely in the dark passes along this information to his wife as like, a, can you can you believe he said that? And she's like, uh, kind of, I believe that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a little uh, unspoken part of the story here. <laughs> um yeah, like and Larry will go on to say that, like, you know, this is actually a compliment. Like, he gives the baby somewhat of an exotic look. And I wish I looked Asian. My father's Asian. <laughs> Ted asked Larry, uh, like, can you just, like, take it back? And it's like, so you know, interesting how he so explicitly me. asks for an apology. Um, yes. He, yeah, he he's a person who has experience with Larry David, I think. Yeah, yes. Um, and Larry, Larry has his principles. He says, I will apologize if I have offended you, but I will not take back the comment because that baby does look a little Asian. Yeah. And I have too much integrity to, you know, to say otherwise. I mean, look, we've said before on this podcast, every single time Larry or any character makes like a ridiculous supposition that I guess technically could be true, but is highly unlikely? It always turns out to be true. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. Right. If Larry uh, th- suspects the ethnicity of a baby, uh, that baby's father is not the father. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, then, and then Ken walks away, and Larry is like turns to Jeff and Lewis. He's like, the baby really does look Asian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, they're not engaged. <laughs> yeah. No. They're they're remaining uncanceled for now. Yeah. I, like, not everybody has like the, the the Teflon skin of Larry David. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Other people actually. There's consequences for their actions. Yes. Right. Also, like if Larry David gets canceled, it's like whatever. Yeah. Okay. Like he'll just have a half a billion dollars and live his life. He doesn't need to like have a career. All right. So we're back home with Larry and the doorbell's gonna ring and someone is going to be at the door. Um they unfortunately are not at our podcast door today, um, but that's okay. You have us. Uh, but we are nonetheless going to um, watch as uh, the great Katie L- uh, Sultan, uh, now known as Katie Duplass, I believe, uh, married to Mark Duplass of the Duplass brothers. Um, she's going to uh, make her a curb debut in this uh, very memorable scene. Who's there? U.S. Postal Service. Mr. David, I need a signature. Are you, uh, 
Are you the new mailman? Mailwoman? Mail carrier. Huh. Okay. Mail carrier. Yeah. Great. I will take this. I will take these. All right. Okay. And I will take my pen. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's people, they steal pens a they lot. Really don't do, they really do, don't I they? I bet you lose a lot of those I pens. I have a truck full of them. I haven't talked to a mailman in a long time. Mail carrier <laughs> in a long time. I remember in my building in Brooklyn, growing up, the women, they used to flirt with the mailmen. They'd come down in the morning with their schmatas, you know. It was, What's a schmata? A sh it's a, like a disgusting house dress. It's oh, boy. hideous. Oh. You know, my mother used to encourage me to work in the post office when I was younger, because she didn't think I could amount to anything. And, That's and not to say that you couldn't amount to anything, but, <laughs> but you know, she felt that way about me, because she wanted me to have the security of a job. That's all, you know. And she thought it would be easy for me. Not that it's easy, but she okay. thought it would be easy for me because it's not that much to it. You bring mail, you drop it off. She <laughs> thought I could do this. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, you could do me a big favor. Not big. Right, we, can, we can pause there for a moment. Um, um, she does a really great job here of just, like, letting Larry continue to dig his own grave. <laughs> like, just, like, letting him talk. Yeah. Uh, it's just, like, it's a, it's a very good, like, uh, straight man or straight woman move. Just kind of just like, you know, emotion, like, you know, phys physically react. Just be like, you, you continue talking. You're, you sound like a big idiot. I mean, in like many segments of life, like when you're negotiating with somebody, it's a powerful move to just sit there and not say anything and force the silence because people get awkward around silence and they end up just, you know, going on and saying more than they should because, you know, they want to feel the silence. So, yeah, she's definitely uh, showing that power move here. Yeah. Yeah, she plays it very well. Um, yeah, Larry, Larry, uh, Larry's mom wanted him to be a mailman. Yeah, uh, I guess this is kind of this is from a similar place as um, Helen Seinfeld trying to pressure uh, Jerry to. Oh, no, that wasn't the. Civil no, but this is right? real life. Like Larry David's mom did want him to, to take the civil service exam and become a mailman for the exact reason he's saying here. But what what was that in Seinfeld also? Right. No, with, yeah, with you could Jerry, the it was the it was the Bloomingdale's program. Oh, the executive was it also the civil program. service? Yeah. No, you're right. I, I think maybe Estelle wanted George. Okay, fine. So then even more so. Yes. <laughs> now, my, my thought as I was watching this episode a few days ago was I'm looking at the hat that our mail carrier is wearing here. And I thought, what an, yeah. what an unusual hat. It seems yeah. like really trying to, to, you know, fill sort of a role as the mail carrier. But like, I've never seen a mail carrier wear that hat. Um, and then literally the next day, it was like pouring rain and I was at home as, as the mail carrier came and he came wearing that exact hat that she's wearing here. Really? Yeah. The you plastic hat, a picture. that shape. I tried to, but by the time I sort of realized he was already getting back into his truck and I mm -hmm. thought of like chasing him in the rain. So that's the thing though. It was raining. Whereas here it's a nice sunny day. Maybe it's sun protection. I don't know, but why do you need a plastic one then? Anyway. Yeah. Those mailmen can be mysterious. Mm, yes. <laughs> If only Jean was here, we could ask her. Yes. Um, all right, let's carry on. Favor. I, I, I don't want to taint the favor. It's a small favor. Okay. Is Richard Lewis on your route? He must be. Richard, two blocks over? Yes. Have you been to his house yet today? Not yet, no. Could you drop a book off for me? I absolutely could. I'd You'd need to package it up and put on a stamp. I could do that. I mean, the idea is that you're going there. Why not just drop the book off? Do me a little favor. It's, it's a little favor. It's nothing. I'm pretty sure the U.S. government would consider that free mail, which is 
kind of illegal. Not a stickler for a stickler. What do you mean that's a stickler? That's just... Do you think that's a good quality? Stickling? Don't stickle. Don't be a stickler. Don't be a stickler? No. You know what? If you were going on a computer date to one of those things... Computer date? How old is he? would call you. Well, it might be why I'm still single. Okay. Pause. Um... Yeah, nice little fun scene there. Yeah. Not a stickler for a tickler. Hmm. Yeah. I watched, I watched that scene today. <laughs> as soon as I, when I was watching for this episode, I paused to go uh, watch Stickler for a Tickler. What's Stickler for a Tickler? <laughs> it's from Family Guy's like imitation of a Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, what was the problem with her? She yeah. wouldn't tickle. Not a stickler for a tickler. Not a tickler, tickler, not a tickler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what the show is. Oh, yeah. Now I'd have to go embed that in this podcast. No, if people really want, they can Google it. Yeah, they could. They could do that. It's fine. You gotta do some work um, yourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so, whose team are you on here? You, you team Larry or team Postman? I mean, I'm, I, I feel like you have to be team Postman. Like, yeah. th- there's no you, relation. You there's no relationship here. Like, just always the mail person will just deliver your mail in the neighborhood. Um, not always, but like, I don't know. It's not like such a big deal to be like, oh, you're literally going to his I'm house. I'm not saying in two it's minutes. the biggest deal. I'm not saying it's like insane of Larry to ask, but it's a little bit insane of Larry to ask. Larry's <laughs> got nothing to do. He could walk over to Richards. He likes Yeah, I mean, he, right. Yeah, he doesn't really need to do yeah. this. It doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, she also like doesn't have to be such a stickler. <laughs> yeah. He's right. It, being a stickler is not great. Maybe that's why she's still single. But yeah, that's what she probably put on her dating sites, uh, the computer stickler. dates for Stickler. I'm sure that's one of the things, like when yeah. you sign up for stickler Tinder. Are you a stickler? stickler. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine most people write down not stickler. Yeah. Because they think that the, you know, the things they care about are just like, those make sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. The uh, things that I spend all my time on are worthwhile. The things that you spend all your time on. <laughs> why do you spend your time on them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, for some people, those things are like working and taking care of their children. <laughs> so, like, those are more easy to explain than Fair. charts or mm. podcasting about current. Yeah, but my response is always, you know, what's uh, less easy to explain than charts or podcasts about curb? Uh, you know, uh, addictions, infidelity, gambling, things like that. Oh, so you're r- relatively doing well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, everybody's yeah. got to have a vice. My vices are very tame. <laughs> Extremely tame. Yeah. Um, okay, so where are we? We are at Jeff. Uh, I think our listeners have been wondering that for a while. Yes. Yeah. Moving right along. Mm. We go to Jeff and Susie's house, and Susie asks Jeff, uh, have you told Lewis about how awesome the kitchen in our new house is going to be? Which yeah. I, I guess maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Um, yeah. Susie's like, it's enormous. That's how great the kitchen yeah. in our new house is going to be. This kitchen's very um, nice already, by the way. Yeah, and that Lewis especially will appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, is, Jeff turns to Lewis. He's like, he's like, why does she think that you especially will love it? Yeah. And uh, they don't. You know, I don't think Lu- Richard doesn't really give an answer. Lewis says he has um, no fucking idea. Right, oh, he has no idea. Okay. Yeah. Which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So it's really just Susie is just like wants everyone to know. Yeah, uh, is the answer. Uh, so Jeff tells I mean, Larry established previously, like Susie knows who she's married to and yeah. there's costs and there's benefits. And when she gets the benefits, she'll show them off. Yeah, I, I still don't quite understand how Jeff is so wealthy, um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe you know, knows. That, that, that fatwa money. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I guess if he really has been Lowry's agent for a long time, maybe he did get a piece of Seinfeld money. That's just paying for everything. I, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, so then he was Larry's agent all the way back in the day. That's what, right. I that's what so. it would have to be that he's, you know, yeah. their best friends from growing up, which is not, I don't think inconsistent with what, what we know about the relationship. Sure. Like, they've yeah. known each other for many years. It's a little weird. It's a little weird that Jeff hasn't been able to produce any other uh, clients. Well, no, not that he produced, but meaning maybe he just or got he gets a cut of whatever Larry gets. And so Larry got $400 million. So he got $18 million. So he's like very wealthy just off Larry's like one time cash in on Seinfeld, but like he doesn't necessarily have a ton else going on. Yeah, I mean, $18 million sounds like a large amount of money, obviously. Okay, so maybe less than that, whatever. So, no, no, but, but, but I think Jeff, I think Jeff is living a life of somebody who has more than $18 million. Well, maybe he's being forced to live a life by Susie and he doesn't quite have that much money. Mm, I guess so. He's Which is, I think we see evidence for that here where like she just wants to upgrade her house. Yeah. Um, if Jeff obviously doesn't think they should necessarily, uh, he probably because he doesn't want to like waste all his money on. But is it know, the money or is it Jeff just doesn't give a shit because he wants to spend his money on like on his women, on his side pieces? <laughs> I think if he Not had like his... unlimited money, then he wouldn't give a shit. Like, fine, get that house instead. But like, yeah. I think that he probably thinks this is like not they don't need this house. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he still thinks that this whole idea with the realtor was a great idea. It worked out just fine. Um, Susie asks if Jeff can go get some wine from downstairs and Jeff goes and then Larry asks Lewis if he got the book and Lewis tells him he did and he actually liked the mailwoman. Larry says he's thinking of asking her out, which surprises Lewis because after all, she is a mere mailwoman. <laughs> what did the mailwoman say? <laughs> But uh, Larry explains that men don't care what women do, just how they look. And for yeah. women, it's the, exactly the opposite. Yeah, um, I would say that's uh, a generalization by that. For sure. Yes. <laughs> Which generations ago may have been more true. true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Larry is the older generation. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so Richard has this whole story about how he once dated a garbage woman. It was mostly OK. He did have to shower a lot. after yeah. he Saw her. Yeah. Um, and Larry's like, I don't think I've ever seen a garbage woman in your life. Why would you make up a story about how you're fucking? <laughs> I love how how quickly he escalates to like the stuff yeah. made up. Uh, and, you know, he did this very. This is very last week to Leon, and I like it. I like when Larry's calling his friends on their idiotic bullshit. <laughs> like I, I agree with Larry. Like Richard made up the story. If he had actually fucked a garbage woman, Larry would have heard about it like years ago when it happened. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe he wanted to keep it on the down low. Uh, but I agree. I have never seen a garbage woman. Uh, if I fucked a garbage lady, I would let you know. I promise. Yeah, you'd be shouting it from the rooftops. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly Richard's not married. There's no reason to be hiding it. Yeah. So Susie calls Larry over. Uh, he picks up a grape, asks her if it's washed because they look sticky. Yeah. And she's like, of course they are. And they're organic. Yeah. Some grapes are sticky. Um, yeah, they can be. What's your take on washing like when I empty and I don't always get the groceries, but when I get the groceries or if I'm emptying groceries purchased by someone else, I wash every single piece of produce before I put it in the fridge. Oh, no, that's insane. That's not insane. Then you don't have to worry about it. Then it's all it's all ready to be eaten next time. <laughs> OK, I don't know. It's, I learned it's, it from my mother-in-law. It's a very good move. It's an extra like minute of work when you're already like putting everything like, you know, unpacking everything and putting everything away. And then it, it, it's you're doing a favor to future you. 
And I oftentimes screw over future you with that. With well, I don't think just wash it in the supermarket then. Well, maybe it is or isn't, but it's also been handled by who knows who in between then and now. Right. Um, I will say when I was a kid, uh, the kinds of grapes that there were were green grapes and red grapes. And yeah, although like I, a thousand yeah, was, different kinds of grapes. And well, everything is, everything is like that. Yeah. Um, you know why? Yeah, I, it's genetically I, modified. I've always had this weird this thing with the with the um, with the grapes, how like the colors are all wrong of like grapes and wine, like green grapes, fine or right. Okay. Red grapes are purple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have what we call red wine, which is also purple. OK, um, we have white wine, which is yellow. Like the colors are all wrong. Everything that we say about the colorings of grapes and wines are incorrect. And I know it's like it's probably some like scientific thing or it's stupid. I have no idea. But I, it's I don't I'm very it, it's always confused me very much. Why don't we just say the right colors of Wait, the Can you give me an example? Because I don't really follow. The, 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 when you buy what you call red grapes, yeah. the actual color of the grapes is not red. They're like purple. Are you referring to the I, I mean, there are grapes that are more red and there's grapes that like a Concord is very purple, obviously. No, but even like. The other ones, I think, are much more purple than red. And then certainly the wine well, itself. But relative, like when you call red wine, to it's not red. They're red. Okay. Wine for sure. Red wine is purple. It is not red. I, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. The color of the wine is purple, but we can okay. call it red because it comes from red grapes, which in my opinion are also purple. Okay. Much more than red. Yeah. And then you have white wine, which come from, do they come from green grapes or from white grapes? I don't even know. But it's the color of the wine is yellow, but why? So, but we call it white. We should call it yellow wine. I mean, yellow wine just sounds weirder, but okay. It might <laughs> be a cultural thing. It might have a, like you know, they might not. It might not be translated literally the color. I guess I just we already have words for these colors. So like, I don't know. But why like we're for example, colors in orange, right? The fruit of in orange, right? Yeah. In English, it's called the same word as the color orange. That's not the same right. in other languages. In Hebrew, actually, uh, an orange is called a golden apple, which is weird because it's not really gold and because there are gold colored apples. <laughs> it's like comparing apples and golden apples. Yes. I mean, you're not the first one to make this joke, but yes. <laughs> I never heard that before. Oh. Well, I heard, well, I heard it. I immediately made the joke. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's a very obvious joke. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I so I'm just wondering in all cultures or in other cultures, do they call what we call red and white wine? What do they call those wines? I'm Maybe sure. So. I'm sure not. Yeah, I'm sure not. Also, um, it's not like I mean, you can refer to the wines by the actual varietal, the actual grape, rather than by a color, right? Yeah, I just I've just always found it very confusing, and I don't like it. And I think we should call call them the, by the okay. correct colors of what I I'm, see. I'm fine. I'm on your team. Um, yeah, the, you mentioned Reader's Digest earlier on the podcast. A long I time did. Ago. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I, I was like a, a big pianist. And when I'd be waiting for my piano lessons, I'd always read Reader's Digests in like the piano uh, waiting room for years and years. I have no idea. That sounds why. terrible. <laughs> but I, the <laughs> that's only probably, that's the, probably all they had. Yeah. The only part of the, but I could have brought something to do or to read. I mean, I, this was like hours every Monday for like 12 yeah, years. Yeah. I mean, those were like the dark ages where you had to just, you were like, just had to hope that like the place you were going had like at least had decent magazines. Yeah. But um, the Reader's Digest, I wouldn't be reading like the actual articles. I would be reading all like at the end <laughs> were, of each. You were just you were reading it for the pornography. Yes, of course. So at the end of each article, to sort of, and none of this will make sense to like listeners under whatever age. Um, at the end of each article, to fill the remaining space on that page, to uh, like print it out, they would put little um, like jokes or funny stories sent in 
by readers. Hmm. Like Penthouse Forum. Basically. And then also there'd be entire sections of each Reader's Digest where, where it was a bunch of those collected, but that's when they had a whole bunch along a similar theme. And then they'd have a bunch from work and there'd be some pun about work or something. So this is a very, very long explanation and wind up to, I remember once um, reading, somebody had written in to say that they were in the first row of, of economy on a flight. And they heard the uh, flight attendant say to the people in the last row of business in front of them, would you like Merlot or, or whatever it was, would you like Chardonnay or, uh, you know, whatever the examples were, I don't know. And then, and then they opened the curtain, came to them and said, would you like red or white? Oh, yes. So, so who was, so was it a, that they would just dumb it down for them or they, they were making it up for the first ones? Oh, I mean, I thought the implication of the story is that uh, to the commoners in, in economy, they, uh, you know, they think that they're too stupid to know various varietals. They just refer to all wine by its color, which isn't even its correct color, as I points out. <laughs> right. Not even the yeah. right color. Yeah. That's what that's why it's like, it's just no one understands it because it's confusing. So like, they think the commoners are stupid, but like, you're just like using dumb coloring. Um, but yeah, but they also did to like the fish earlier. They might just be like, oh, and this is a yeah. like, well, whatever, for sure. Right. I mean, I strongly believe that I've probably said this on this or some podcast before, like uh, not that the wines are fake the way the fishes are. But that if they were, you wouldn't know the difference 90% of the time. Oh, I mean, I certainly would know the difference. I mean, we have um, we've both gone to this uh, kosher food and wine event um, a yeah. couple times over the years. Um, and they like many of these like places where you just like do wine tastings, like they wash out your glass between every pour. No. And I'm always less like, just I, I don't care. It's like, you know, that what I've was never wine. done at a wine tasting red wine. They my entire life. Thing. I have never spit ever in my entire life. I'm consuming oh. all of the alcohol. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, yeah, and like, but like, you can't really do that. And my like wife's usually or whoever I'm with, quite often. You're basically like declaring the entire event to be a sham by saying that, and like their entire like lifestyle and careers to be like, oh, this whole thing is like fake. That like, you know, that's red wine. This is red wine. Put in the same cup. Good. I was. But why? But but see, but it's not because we can enjoy things in different ways. That's permissible. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. allowed to watch a football game and root for a different outcome than somebody else's. And I'll, I'll get annoyed at them when they're rooting against my interests, but they have a right to do that. It's a piece of entertainment. Um, yes. They have a right to root for a different team. Than yeah. You. One is not morally superior to the other. God bless America. Yes. When I was younger, um, I had strong feelings about these things, you know, you know, a lot of root for this team or, you know, root for everyone. Who cares? Everyone should root for everyone. If you want to drink wine with a straw, drink it with a straw. <laughs> Out of a mason jar. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so he, uh, he mentions to Susie that he just got the invite for the wedding. Uh, Susie's like, no, you didn't. You got to save the date. Totally different thing. Yeah. And Larry's like, what the fuck is this save the date? Like you said, you're telling me that you're going to send me something that would be like, if you, if I told you I was going to say something and then I said something like just send it. Yeah. I mean, he had this issue with Richard Lewis with restaurants before, right? You needed the confirmation and then the confirmation. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And he, yeah. he's definitely right about that. Of course but I just, right. yeah. I mean, look, I don't want to go on a whole rant because I was on New Girl Old Guy recently with Ali Lasher and I went on a rant there. But like the whole hard copy. So now you're, now you're not doing rants anymore? No, I'm just saying like the whole hard copy invitation thing is ridiculous. Oh, obviously. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. I, but, I, but now I, you're creating I allow it my two things that you have to mail yeah. in sequence. It's even more ridiculous. For some reason, people have decided that there is like one like area of correspondence and one alone for which we will continue to use the United States Postal 
postal service for all of our communications regarding weddings Mm -hmm. and wedding related things. You want to tell me about the wedding. It comes through the mail. I want to, I want to give you a gift. I send it however I send it, but then you need to thank me for the gift again in the mail. Why? Like, like it drives me when we buy people um, Amazon gift cards, my wife always insists on ordering a hard copy Amazon gift card that Amazon mails to us, which we then hand them in a box. I'm like, Jen, they can get an email instantly. It's more convenient for them. They just click the link in the email. It's already there. There's no risk <laughs> of loss or misplacing it. You don't have to type a bunch of numbers into a screen. It's like, it's so much easier for everybody. No, we must get a plastic card that we put in a box. <laughs> right. And then they have to type the numbers into their account. It's so much more annoying. It's, it's much more annoying. Yeah. 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 Ken's the fucking asshole. <laughs> um. So yeah, so Susie tells him, well, that's just how things are done, Larry. And just go along with it. And you're going to show up and you're going to enjoy it. Mm, spoiler, he won't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he picks up a grape. He throws it in the air, catches it. Ta-da. Uh, Susie's not as impressed. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, I had a very uh, impressive uh, moment where I was very impressed by someone this weekend. Uh, someone who I, I very much underestimated. Uh, we had a little bird situation in our house this week, um, which was when I was, um, I, I woke up in the morning, I was in the bathroom, and all of a sudden I heard somebody scream that there's a bird in the house. Mm. So I came out and I indeed see that there's a bird uh, in like my kid's bathroom, like all the way down the hall. What kind of bird so, are we like, talking I, about? Um, it was it was a pretty small bird. It was it was I think it was black. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty small. Um, it was you know it was flapping its wings around a lot. Um, <laughs> birds are so I quickly tried to like, I ran to the door and quickly shut the door to at least like trap him in the bathroom. Yes. And then I turn around to say, okay, I got him. And I see another bird flying Ah. across the other side of the hallway into my bedroom. Oh. And then, so I quickly, you know, run there and I see that it has fortunately ran into my bathroom that ran and flown. So then I quickly trapped the door on that one. So now I'm like, okay, I have two birds in my house in different bathrooms. They're both trapped. Yeah. But like, well, but that's your perception from the bird's perception. They're like, oh, we have him trapped in the hallway and we have uh, free reign of these bathrooms now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that's what they're thinking. Um, So, yeah. So I ended up having to call this like company to come. And they sent this guy who, when he, when he, I opened the door, I was like, oh, Jonas, the Birdman. No, like this guy was like 80, over 80 years old. Okay. He was like, he had like a limp. Like he was like, he was like, and like his like back was like, like he like looked like he was like, like disabled. I think they foisted him on you. Yeah. So he comes in. He's like, oh, hi, I'm here. What what were you calling for him to do? Just out of curiosity. To get the birds out of my house. But can't you just open the bathroom door and like open the window and then it'll fly out unless it's injured? Or so something? the one of the bathrooms didn't have any windows that open. OK. And so once I was so like if there, if it had only been that one, I may have if, tried. If it had that. only since been. The, yes. Yeah. Since it was like I ha- like I don't want to deal with this one. We're like, like, yeah, if I open that bathroom door, it could fly anywhere. Yeah. At least I have it contains. Yeah. Um, and like I don't want to like try to catch a bird. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's as simple as you think, and especially like in, the, in, the, in the big. Yeah, it's probably it's harder like, than a bug. I've dealt with bugs. I've, de- I've dealt with bats. Yeah, no, they could. They, but, they could fly. Yeah, and the bats like, fly. They, could, they, could peck at, yeah. they could peck at you. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't deal with what, what's the big situation on this bird. 
Um, I didn't know. Honestly, yeah. I didn't have a lot of information. I like quickly yeah. I locked the thing anyway. So I was like, this this guy shows up, and I was like, I I, I don't understand. Like this What's guy's gonna not going to be able to do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's he going to do? This guy's eighty. He's like he's like walking. He's like hunched over. <laughs> And he like he's like holding this like little cage. I'm like, he's like, do you have a broom? I'm like, this is what we're, this is what we're going to war with. This 80 year old man with a cage. Who doesn't even bring his own broom? And a broomstick. He said he had a broom, but like it was in his. It was like up in the truck lot. He didn't want to get. He's like, yeah, because he's 80 years old. Yeah, it's very difficult. Exactly. He was old and lazy and tired. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, he went into that small bathroom. He was in there for like five minutes. Came out with a bird, went to the other bathroom, was in there for like three or three or four minutes, came out with another bird. Um, and he went on his way. And hmm. yeah, he charged he charged me like four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars for two birds? Yeah. Call me next time. I'll come over for yeah. less than that. Oh, not that you live too far away. You have cage? Or you would have killed it? <laughs> no, I can use like a garbage can I'll flip upside down or something. I, okay. I'm not killing I, I, any birds. I think birds are harder than you think. They fly yeah. like fly I, like, they're, and they're big. Like, yeah, like, I accidentally killed like 10 baby birds this summer and my uh, wife and son were very, very bad at me. Yeah, you're a murderer. Yeah, I, I was trying to prevent the murder in the first place. When the nest first came, I said, we should move this nest. This nest is in a bad location. And I was threatened repeatedly. You can't move the nest. You're going to kill the eggs and you're going to kill. And so instead, each baby bird was born, took a step out of the nest and fell to its death and we had baby bird guts all over our front like the patio right in front of our front of our house in the middle of the summer when people are coming over endless baby birds probably more than yeah. 10 very no bad. you're a, you're a horrible person i would never um i would never murder a bird i would no say- that I, we weren't murdering them they were all dying but it looked like we were murdering them and i'm saying I, we should have removed the nest in the first place before they had an opportunity to be basically you should have you should have done shilo hakan yeah, well, no, I mean, I should have just moved the nest before the eggs were even laid, but Jen wouldn't permit me to because she thought there was something nice about the birds. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and, still think you're a murderer. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this this bird mother should be in bird prison for. Like, <laughs> yeah. They really should have more prisons for animals. For, for, yes, I mean, but what kind of mother? Adjudicated by the animals themselves. It has to be a jury of their peers. Yes. Um, yeah. A murder of crows can be the jury. A murder right, of what the crows. Hell are Very, good. Very good. Yeah. Um, okay. So we are going to go to see a movie with Larry and uh, Katie. Um, Wait, did we meet Victor? At the dinner party? We skipped that. What do you mean? Victor saying thank you. Everybody saying thank you for your service. Larry getting thrown out like the the title of the episode. (laughs) Oh, you're right. My my thing went down. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. Um. Okay. So yeah, so um Sammy, uh it's it's the Sammy and Victor come in, the Hassan and the collar are here, and uh Susie's very excited, she greets them. Victor played, of course, by Chester Hanks. Uh, no, so I did sure not know that this was Chet Hanks. Yeah, this is Chet Hanks. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very famous father, less famous brother. Yes. Pretty famous mother. But did um, you did you recognize him? Um, I rem- I remembered that it was him. Like I don't oh, know. I, 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 I did not him. realize until I looked after the episode. He also he has like a little tattoo on his neck. Is this a character choice? I haven't noticed it on him in other things he's been in. Um, yeah, I guess it could be a character choice. Well, I mean, he's a, he's you know a military man. I was just wondering. So is it, but it, but it's a very unprominent tattoo. It's a very strange, subtle tattoo. So that it's probably not in, you know that it's probably real. Yeah, but I'm just saying I haven't seen it. unless other shows edited out and Curb couldn't be bothered. 
That's, that's also very possible. Uh, that could be. There could be yeah. rules about like on networks or they, if they're allowed to show tattoos and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't even, I don't think it's a, in a, as a matter of allowed. I think it's more of a choice, right? Well, it could be both. I don't know. There networks have lots of stupid rules. Yeah. But like, um, um, for example, Lena Headley, who plays Cersei Lannister, of course, in Game of Thrones, she famously has like complete sleeves on her arm. She's tattooed everywhere. Oh, interesting. So for her roles, they always have to, you know, uh, go. What, they, just, like, they, they take it out like digitally. Yeah, they take it on a post. Yeah. Interesting. That's and cool. I think I've read from interviews with her, like it's a fairly common thing for actors like to do that. But again, Curb is not a show that's going to spend any <laughs> So time really, everyone in Hollywood is covered in tattoos. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. But yeah. <laughs> they just take them all out of post. Yeah. I mean, they all got face tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. They just take them out. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. So Susie uh, introduces them to everybody. And everyone says hi to Victor. And thank you for your service. Yeah. Uh, except, of course, when he gets to Larry, he just says, very nice to meet you. Uh, yeah. Which is actually a very nice thing to say to somebody when you meet them. Yeah. I mean... It- <laughs> If somebody is an active service person and you're meeting them in that context and they're uniformed, et cetera, then I think that's the appropriate thing to say. But anytime you meet any person in any context who at one previous point in their life was a veteran, that's the first thing you say to them seems very odd. And I've, I have not experienced that in my real life. <laughs> I've definitely not experienced that in my real life. And yeah. I think even the, the first way is like, it's perfectly okay to say something other than those four words. Yeah, yeah, sure. Words. Of course. Yeah. Hi, hi, very nice to meet you is also. Um... Yeah. But Victor's response is he's so flustered that he walks away and leaves. Yeah. Well, I mean, Victor's the put, asshole put, here. Put it even just before his reaction, just like, that I mean, anyways, I, I'm obviously not an I'm not an army person or anything of the sort. But yes. like, it just seems to me like what everybody else is doing is just like reducing him to just that part of his life. And Larry's just like, "Hi, I'm Larry. Nice to meet you, Sandy's yeah. fiance." Yeah. Not like anonymous soldier. But he seems to self-identify as a veteran, and that's the only part of his life that he identifies as. Yeah, to me, that's well. And he's a Seinfeld fan. We do know that he's a Seinfeld fan, right? Yeah, so he's a Seinfeld fan. So he, you know, he has good taste. In fact, it's very weird if 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 Larry knows that he's a Seinfeld fan, which, as far as Victor knows, Larry could, since he will, you know, by the next time they meet. Then, for that reason, it'd be even more exciting for you know the creator of your show that you love to be introducing himself to as a person and not just saying I only see you as 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 a as a veteran. Yeah, well, he, he, he had Larry David up on this pedestal that he found out that he's this monstrous asshole who doesn't say, say thank you to, for your service. Yeah. But every time he meets someone who was once a soldier. Yeah. Um, do, do you think that the this episode, which uh, story is by Larry and Jeff, do you think this story is something happened to one of them, like something sort of similar to this, or do you think they just made it up? Um, I feel like this probably didn't happen. This this seems more of the type of thing that Larry would say. Like, wouldn't it be funny if I just like refused to say thank you? For your, like, uh, why do we always have to say thank you for your service? Like, yeah. Well, I'm just, yeah, I feel like he wouldn't actually do this. Um, yeah. because it's like again, it's just like especially once everyone's like say thank you for your service, he should just say it. Well, of course, but yeah, but then we don't have a show. Um, uh, well, he, he, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Victor runs off to cry. Um, Larry says, I don't see why I had to. Like, he, it was like he was already thanked for his service, but <laughs> enough. Like, he knows that he's thanked. Yes. Uh, but Su- Su- Susie tells him that he's ruined the party, messed up her salmon, the mood's no longer light. 
And Larry's like, oh, are you sauteing the salmon? Can you boil mine instead? <laughs> She's like, and she tells him to get the fuck out. Larry, as he's leaving, starts sarcastically thanking everybody for like <laughs> stupid little things. Yeah. And then Susie yells at him, thank you for leaving. Yeah. He kicks him out. But I'm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, very very fun. So, does Larry think that Susie's gonna be live cooking like during the meal? Um, yeah, the, the answer is, is yes. He does think that apparently. Yeah, right. Broil mine. <laughs> yeah, the food. The food is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Can I uh, instead of salmon? Can you? Can we have tuna? Yeah. I mean, you were talking earlier about like Shabbos meals. I've had people say similar things at Shabbos meals. People who are not sort of socially adept all the way. Right. They don't understand that the food that's yeah. that is being served has been served. Yeah. Or people who arrive in upon arrival, even though they know each other, can give an advance notice, all of a sudden have extremely specific food requirements, which totally fair and reasonable if you have them for whatever reasons. And some of them may be right. more or less. But just, like, just tell tell me before I cook. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> tell me before I cook is a good rule. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> After I cook, there's not as yes. much I can do, especially for, for, if I'm, when I'm you're a invited to a dinner server. party. If you say, oh, by the way, I don't eat uh, any meat and I don't eat any carbohydrates and I don't drink water and I'm allergic to air. Fine. Just, you know, give us a heads up. <laughs> we need just 24 hours notice. That's not a problem. <laughs> we've we've dealt with much worse. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. OK, so now we're going to go to the movies. Today. Yeah, we go to the movies with uh, Larry and Katie. Gene. Gene yeah. Oh, let's see what, what movies have we have. We have The Goat of Cadiz and Alone in Paris. I should have looked this up earlier. I've never heard of either of these movies. Yeah. Goat of Cadiz. C A D I Z, The Goat of Cadiz. And it's not Alone in Paris, as I Yeah, I thought it was Alone it. in Paris it's first. Alone in Paris. It's a pun. The Goat of Cadiz. Okay, I don't think this is a real movie. Yeah, but unlike Seinfeld, I think that the made up movies in Curb don't really. Uh, Generate a whole uh, background industry. Unfortunately, they're also not mentioned, of course, in the episode. Yeah. Okay. But remember, wasn't it Jeff we asked about on the whiteboard behind Larry? What's yeah, refurbished skeleton. Yes, and actually, each one actually was like a funny insight. Yeah, so maybe there is some joke with the writers for that. That was the, the rest were things from Curb. Yeah, that one was an inside joke they had of an abandoned uh, Seinfeld plot yeah. line that they never used. Yeah, he's a caddy on the route. I would love a mail. Right? They, they carry me? they carry the, the the mail for you. Yes, because you walk as much as I do on a golf course, and you you know you're carrying. I have a caddy. All right, can you pause for one second? Instructions. Okay, yeah. go go up. You know that thing that networks do during uh, debates, political debates, where they have a test audience that is sort of like having their finger live on a dial. So we get yeah. real time reaction, right? What, they say that when you know they turn it yeah. one way if they like something. So they I want to yeah. do that with you. Thus far, the date, and as we freeze frame, we see a real genuine smile from Gene as Larry's making a joke. Like thus far, the date seems to be going well, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Okay, I, yeah just, I, I want to track that because it seems to there's a turn that isn't really explained. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's go. Um. Yeah. She just also just has a very pleasant disposition to her. Yeah. Um. That's like it's it could be hard to read if she's not happy. She just like comes off as just like very. Well, she's definitely playing straight man here, straight woman, straight person. Yeah, straight person. And letting Larry, you know, just uh, go wild. Straight human. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go on. Make a right. You know, watch out for the dog. Yeah, I'll mail Caddy for you. Would you? Yeah. Just talk to the U.S. government. Yeah. I think your your mom would be so proud. <laughs> now, did you so see that? It pause again. Did you say milk? Earlier, Larry said, 
can you do me a favor take this mail she says no 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 you gotta get you gotta speak to the government otherwise it's stealing now it's the reverse <laughs> he's trying to give the government free labor and again she's like no no, no you gotta speak to the US government first. Like, she's very by the book she's very by the book both directions he's a stickler for rules of, of, yeah. the, this is a federal crime yes the, this is this is serious business i mean i think Mr. it actually Chester. is a federal crime to just hand your mail out to your boyfriend and say hey go, go drop it in that mailbox probably it is actually it might be yes yeah i think it should be chester a arthur by the way when he was running the post office did we discuss that on the podcast i think that was off the podcast right i i, I think we discussed it on the podcast oh, but okay. well i don't think we were talking about chester a arthur off the podcast i'll be no, honest we were we were talking about presidents and what we remember about them and yeah that was, was on the podcast a, yeah oh that was on the podcast okay i think so yeah it's, well, it was a long time ago i agree <laughs> um all right we continuing yeah. uh sure continue Milk duds. Really? Pieces, junior mints. Popcorn. Big popcorn. We'll mix them all together. It's well, what? Oh, it's it's like the perfect bite. It's like a little sweet and a little salty. The texture. What are you mixing sweet and salty for? All right, let's they're, pause again. Yeah, obviously this is a very important discussion here. Yeah. Right, Larry, what are you mixing sweet and salty for? They're <laughs> in conflict. Like, are you a moron? That's like the basis <laughs> of virtually all good desserts. And snacks and like. Uh, yeah, it, it does describe many delicious desserts. <laughs> that is yeah. for sure true. Um, this this specific move in general, I am a very big fan of. Although my uh, chocolate of choice for this is uh, the bunch of crunch. Oh, okay, so no, I'm definitely opposite you in this particular instance. I do not support the combo with the like in the movie theater. Everything melts and it gets gross in your hands. And you're in a theater, you can't yeah, wash so, your hands. So what I often but do I'm is like I don't, very OCD about this. So. Yeah, so I I don't generally do it to that extreme where I put actually put it in. But I'll like get one of each, like like a popcorn. I'll get a bunch of crunch. And you're and then like you're double fisting. I'll like take you a got one hand handling. Popcorn. Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's that's good. Or yeah. just like I'll put it into I'll like drop it into like the handful. I'll put in like a bunch of crunch or two together, and then just like pop it into my mouth. So like it doesn't have time to melt. Oh, okay. But no, but I have seen I, people like pour whole like large sweet chocolate like candies into big vats of popcorn in movie theaters. Yeah, no, no, people do. That. I, My wife I does do that. Not, yeah, I do not it, 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 it can it can get ugly. Um, yes. I had a horrible situation when I went to see a movie in Florida um, in, in November. I went mm. to see um, the Edgar Wright movie. I can't remember the name it now. Um, and um, I ordered on my app ahead of time uh, a bunch of crunch and a popcorn in order to do this move. And they like put it together in like a bag so that by the time I got the bunch of crunch, it was completely melted from like being underneath yes. the popcorn terrible. in the bag. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. So the whole thing was just, I went into, like, I couldn't get anything. It was just like, oh. it was inedible. Yeah, very bad job. Without making like a huge mess. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. These you know, horrible times that we've lived through. <laughs> All right. No, they're in cahoots. They're in cahoots. I don't want Reese's pieces in my popcorn. It's the perfect movie treat. I promise. Do you have the tickets? Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, hey. Thanks. Okay. I'll, I'll All right. I'll get to see. Get me an Okay. Thanks. Pause again. In what circumstance on a first date would you separate in the movie theater like this? Like, um, well, if you want to get seats, have these two never seen a Seinfeld episode before? Like, <laughs> this happens in every single Seinfeld episode where they're trying to go to the movie theater. You can never find the person. It's dark, especially you don't know them that well. Like, if it's me, if it's you, you and your wife, and it's not like a first date situation, and like you know, there's a specific seat that one of you likes, and it's not going to be available because of the line, maybe. But on a first date, you're together. You stand in this line together, and you go sit down together. It doesn't make any sense. 
Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I haven't been on many first dates, so I, I wouldn't necessarily know. But well, it's very efficient because yeah, it is a problem. Is, the goal is not efficient access to the movie. The goal is to get to know each other. Well, but you also want to get good, decent seats for the movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm a bigger, bigger fan of when they just assign, like when you have a. I mean, going to a movie on a first date is is very weird to begin. Also, with. Also, yeah, you sit there and you can't talk for. I mean, also, it's a, it's it's like the most classic thing, right? Yeah. From, at least from TVs and movies and stuff, but like it doesn't think, make any sense. I think my wife and my second longest serving girlfriend, other than excluding my wife, both my first dates were at movies. So. Oh really? All right. But so but it wasn't. Know. But I mean, I already knew them beforehand. Like it wasn't like that was just the first time that something happened. But like you know. Oh, or something happened. I see. No, I'm saying like it wasn't the first <laughs> time I, I had met the person. Although Larry right. also, yeah, I don't know. The, the weirder thing to me is how like this entire episode exists in a world where Larry didn't just talk about how he will shit where he eats and he does not care about the consequences. Um. Yeah. No, that's a common theme of his. And now, yeah, he's going. He, he's very much reading. But he doesn't even reference that. Nor do any friends ever said, "Oh, well, of course." When you, when you dated the hostess, <laughs> and then right. she drew the, the happy face on your forehead in the sun, and you couldn't go to your restaurant anymore. Like, you know, none of this is mentioned by anybody. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> now you're not going to be able to get mail. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, she's all of a sudden not such a stickler. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's continue. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is straight out of Seinfeld here. Yeah. It's in the other theater. This too. This... Is this a trailer? Well, what's being shown at this moment? <laughs> no, I think this is the movie. The lights are all off. So how long was he waiting for? <laughs> Maybe they were late. Sorry. Sorry. Jane. Jane. I'm right here. I'm here. Oh, is in the middle of a section also. Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse I wonder what movie Sorry. this really is, Excuse or what me. this is. Excuse me. You're so loud. I'm so loud. I don't understand. I've been looking at you for five minutes. How come you didn't beckon? Why didn't? Why didn't I beckon? Yes, you beckoned. You, you knew I was coming into the theater. You gotta wave. You gotta go like this so Just I can see around. you. Just look around. I'm right here. I, you got, can't see anything from down there. I'm not gonna make a scene. Just tell me to make a scene. Just wave. Beckon. Beckon. You gotta beckon. That's making a scene. Beckoning is not making a scene. Making a scene is calling out the name Gene ten times. Would you shut up? You shut up. I <laughs> to call out my name. I did because I couldn't find you. All you had to do was look. I did. <laughs> the fuck is going on here? So is this the moment right. where the day turns? So, yeah, Maybe that look right? she gave him was not good. So she's pissed at him. But this again, he's... this is their fault. They separated for no reason. Um, yeah, well, she she doesn't like that she's being chewed out. Yeah, or or she could have texted him, by the way, like sixth row, third seat in the middle. I don't know if we have texting yet. Yeah, we do. We just have texting smiley faces. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We know Larry's texting oh. these younger women. Yeah, Larry's texting everyone. Yeah, right. He's texting the, yeah. the young girl. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. My mm. bad. How's her pussy doing, by the way? What? How's her pussy doing? I- I'm sure it's fine. I hope it's doing much better. Yeah. Thanks for asking. You're supposed to say. Uh, as Vicky okay. Lewis did. Vicky Lewis, former guest on this podcast, as everybody knows. As everybody knows. Everybody yes. would remember that, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. Seinfeld. Curb. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. What a career. What a career. All right. Let's continue. Tomorrow. Now, can we pause yeah, again? Yeah, you're delivering. Sure. Yeah. 
did Larry pick her up at her house or did they meet jointly at the movie theater? Um, it looks like probably he picked her up at her house. Yeah, because otherwise you have two cars and then no matter how well the date's right. going, you got to separate, which again, never separate yeah. on a date. Um, except, Unless you want to be able to separate. Well, I, you want to be do, able to reset. Well, there's for sure, like when you're on a date and like you get to like, or not even a date, anytime you're like out like for a night on the town and you get to sort of like go to the bathroom it's always sort of like this moment of like respite from whatever, not, not just sort of a moment of like you go by yourself and you collect yourself and maybe, you know, you sort of sober up looking in the mirror for a minute and you're like, all right, like let's assess our current, you know, circumstances. Um, so yeah, there, there is an appeal to being separate, but not like a forced separateness, which there would be if you were meeting at the location in your own cars. Right. But now you can just Uber, I guess. So um, yeah, Uber solves a lot of those. Although problems. I don't know. I don't know LA geography, except for the time uh, I researched the, the, the secret way to get to the valley. Yes. Yes. All right. You know what? I think we ought to go back to our previous relationship of homeowner and male woman. Because I got to tell you, I have a very difficult time dating somebody who I'm seeing on a daily basis with you like six times a week. You know, I've got to psych myself up for dates. It's a big performance. I, I got to shower. And Why does he have to see his mail delivery person every day of the week? It's, it's <laughs> right. She can just leave the mail in the mailbox. Yeah. Did you prepare witticisms for tonight? Yeah, that whole thing about the made up Jewish holiday, Shukukas, that was all that was prepared beforehand. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. If, if you work for UPS and I saw you maybe two times a week, that'd be, that would be fine. But I, I have to see you six times a week. So I'd love to hit the reset button and just, you know, we go back to a homeowner, male woman. No. Why no? No. no. Okay, so pause again. We're beyond resetting? Yeah. So pause. first of all, okay, so I accept the fact that Larry, despite his previous position of not caring about shitting where he eats, now he's a different position. But like, what was his plan on this date if it didn't go well, or I should more ask, what was her plan? Because his plan is to just go back to how they were before. She's like, no. Like, so what was her plan? Either this is a first date, either we're going to end up married together forever, <laughs> or what? I will no longer deliver his mail. <laughs> it seems neither of them really thought this through. This is a very important relationship. Yeah, this between is insane. Homeowner and postman. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> there's no reason that he needs to see her. Every day. Uh, I don't I don't typically see my mailman. I mean, pre-COVID, I never did. Now I see my mailman quite frequently, but because I, I work from uh, <laughs> right next to where the mailman delivers the mail. Got it. All right. That makes sense. I think we are. Why? Why? Yeah, you reset. Let's hit the button. I don't think I can do that. Oh, we hit the, we hit the big button. You can't just press a button. You can't just press a button. Why? Why? Why not? Yeah, why not? Got a face? What what was it? What what did the face mean? <laughs> what? Um yeah, not a good face. I don't want to yeah. know what that face means. Yeah, I'm just I'm confused. Why can't you press a button after a first date? Again, they didn't like have a long relationship and have a kid and live together for years. They went to right, a movie together. Will, as Leon will point out later, they didn't. He didn't even tap that ass. Yeah, there was no tapping whatsoever. Yeah. Um. So we go to the golf course and well, can we uh, talk Larry... about Shukukis for a second. <laughs> sure. So what? what uh, tell me about the holiday Shukukis. Oh, I, I didn't. What, what does it commemorate? Um, it uh, commemorates the um, the man who uh, 
jumped into the into the water to make the sea splits. Oh, well done. Yeah. It's a celebration of him and him taking the initiative. Yes. So um, and what's his name? Shukuktus, um, what's his name? Uh, yes. Yes. I think uh, most people probably assume it's Moses. But uh, if you get deep into the books, is that even <laughs> in the book or is that in the Midrash? Um, I, I don't even know. Yeah. 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 Nachshon, son of Aminadav, hopped in the water and then it split. He was afraid. He, and then he, Moses stole all that valor. Right. <laughs> right. It had nothing to do with the stick. It was all typical him. Moses. Um, so, yeah. So, this is an anti Moses book. <laughs> <laughs> very anti Moses. You know why? He wasn't pro Israel enough. Yeah. He wouldn't even enter the land. That's right. He'd never been there. What does he know? Yeah. Anti Semite. Self hating Jew. Uh, <laughs> so we're uh we're at the golf course entrance um and larry drives up to the gate he's stopped by sal who uh starts asking larry about his cable has ever dropped off while he's in the middle of watching something and larry's just like no i don't want to do this we need to reset a relationship to how it used to be when we didn't have to make conversation and sal's like i don't understand are you saying you don't enjoy my conversations and larry <laughs> tells him i just like to get to the golf course quicker and play golf with my friends yeah. So Sal just sadly steps back, pushes the button, opens the gate, and Larry goes in. And Larry, you know, says, you know, please just don't take offense. I just want how things to go back how they are before. Yeah. And he apologizes to Sal, to Sal, but Sal is clearly very hurt. Yeah. Now I was saying before, like the move with the phone. Here it's even more obviously the move. Don't explain yeah. to the person why you're not maintaining the relationship. Just except let it you, ebb. Just let it ebb well, away. Well, yeah, right. So maybe except then you need to do that like five times in a row. Yeah. Okay. And then he gets the idea. Like, Sal had, by the way, Sal has a whole rant prepared for Larry as he pulls up, much like Larry, I guess, prepares bits ahead of his dates, right? Like, Sal prepares bits ahead of Larry's arrivals, which <laughs> right. means that poor Sal is bored there all day long. No one will say a word to him. And so he's waiting all day for Larry to show up. <laughs> yeah. Larry's the highlight of his day, the two minutes he gets with Larry. Yeah. I mean, if I had two minutes with Larry David, it would be the highlight of my day, maybe. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So um, we go into the uh, club and Larry's having a drink with Jeff. He's telling him how Victor is just completely obsessed with the fact that um, Larry has um, not said thank you for your service to him. And Jeff tells me, you know, it's really such a shame because he's such a huge fan of Seinfeld. He was really looking forward to getting to know you and spending some time with you. Um, so, you know, it's weird that like he didn't take Larry's cue of hi, very nice to meet you yeah. as an opportunity to get to know Larry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the and word that Jeff uses, as you noted correctly, is obsessed. Obsessed. Victor is right. obsessed with Larry <laughs> thanking him for his days, service. days later. Yeah. Is that the only <laughs> reason he served? served? I'm going to Afghanistan so that a random stranger will say thank you for your service. He wants to be thanked. That's all. Yeah. He just wants he just wanted to be thanked for something. Yeah. So he went to almost die in a war <laughs> so that he could be thanked nice by to a stranger. Meet you. Fuck you, asshole. Say <laughs> I was in Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so to Jeff be fair, tells- he was on 59th Street in Afghanistan. Um, right, right. Yeah. He was uptown. Yeah. Um, not in Kabul. He was yeah. in northern Kabul. Yeah. Um, it was a, uh, it was a uh, delivery person who uh, stepped off the curve. And, uh... Yes. Um, and Larry's like, what could, you know, thinking out loud, what can I do to make amends? Oh, I know. Maybe that revolutionary war reenactment. Maybe the soldier would like that. And why, Jeff's why would like, you actually, assume that, by the way? Yeah. It's weird. Again, it um, works out perfectly. Yeah, Jeff's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, he's been wanting to go on one of those things for the longest time. Like, this would be great. Yeah. 
All soldiers um, like to dress up as soldiers from wars that were 200 years prior. Yeah, maybe they well, do. No. You know, they like yeah. wars. They like, they're probably like very like you know America rah rah. So they would love to do like a revolutionary war gambit. Uh, well, 50 percent um, of them got to be on the other side though, apparently. But we'll get right. to, we'll get to that in, in due time. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the, the waiter comes over to Larry to tell him that Mister Takahashi would like a word. Mm. Uh, to which Larry says that can't be good. Which, yeah. which is correct. Like, you're not being called to the principal's office to, yeah. for good news. No, not the waiter. That's Mister Takahashi's assistant. Oh, his assistant. Okay. As he sorry. walks up, Larry says, "Oh, it's Mr. Takashi's assistant." So that's how we know. Ah, oh, there you go. Exposition there. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I missed that. Um, okay, so yeah, so Larry uh, starts walking out, and he notices that Chef Tucker is walking by, yeah. and he decides to take this opportunity to interrogate him about the matter with the soul. Yeah, because when the principal calls says, you his office immediately, you first take a detour and go ch- chat in the lunch. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, do you recall the other day there was a man who asked for his soul to be broiled in the head of, um, what was it? Sautéed. And that was, yeah, you know, yeah he's like, oh, I do remember that. He's like, that, yeah, that was me. <laughs> and Larry says, let me ask you, when you were when you were asked about this request, did you make a face? Mm. Um, and he's like, oh, I don't know. So Larry asks him to show the face that he has made. And he does this thing where he puts his lips together and he sputters the little. uh, And Larry is shocked, saying, you know, that's quite the face. You know, this is kind of like a what he calls a semi horse witty to which the chef responds. Well, it was quite the request, uh, which is a ridiculous response. Like, yeah, like customer, you know, customers in restaurants ask for things all the time. Yeah. Probably like more this. to go through this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could say no for some of these things, yeah, but it's like, cool. it's well, not at, like... A, at a at a dinner party, it's insane because the food was prepared ahead of time. In a restaurant, you literally order, you know, well, maybe they have the meals sort of half prepped. I don't know. But yeah. no, a piece of fish they usually throw on when you uh, order it, hopefully. Yeah. From what I'm hearing from you, who knows if it's even fish? I, I'm not denying that it's not a fish. I'm not saying it's not seafood. You're not getting a horse. Maybe I mean, you my are. My friend Bob Sacramento eats horse all the time, obviously, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, who yeah. you would like? Like you would know. You've never eaten horse. For all you know, it tastes like fish. I mean, I certainly hope I haven't eaten horse. I'm not very yeah, sure. but maybe you have. In a fish restaurant, <laughs> they're just serving horse. Always, yeah, they ordered too much beef arino, so that's what they had to do: serve horse. Horse. Yeah. So Larry tells him that that's not the face the waiter showed me. Uh, he he shows um, the chef the face that the uh, the waiter showed. He's like, that doesn't even communicate anything. Like it's not even a face. Yeah. And Larry's like, I'm so sorry. Had I known that you had made that face, I would have immediately said, told him, don't do it. Like, I don't want to, I don't need it done. Um, and he says, he, he says, you know, look over there. That's the waiter. I'm going to go talk to him. So he goes over to the waiter and he's like, hey, I just spoke to Chef Tucker. And he tells what you told me of what his face was, was nowhere close. Hmm. And the, the waiter's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's crazy. I didn't show you the wrong face. He shows him the face again that he believes he did. And Larry says that the chef's fate, the chef's look was one of irritation, but the waiter assures him that he was right. Uh, so Larry's like, all right, I guess it was a clash of the faces. <laughs> so what's your best theory as, as to what's happening here? Um, well, I, from Larry's perspective, what I don't understand is why he doesn't simply say like bring them together at the same time so we can resolve this issue instead of sort of interviewing, interviewing each of them independently. <laughs> right. Especially when they're right next to each other. Yeah. Um, so to me, it seems unlikely that 
Chef Tucker thinks he made like a nasty face, but he didn't. Like the opposite is much more common that like somebody doesn't think that they're like rolling their eyes or like that their body language is conveying yeah. that they're upset. But he's like, no, I was conveying it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's much less common that like that he thinks that like he made this whole big thing and the waiter didn't realize, didn't see it. Like that, that doesn't check out to me as much as that the waiter just wanted to downplay it because like he didn't want to deal with it. Okay. Like he doesn't want to gun now to come back to Lowry and be like, no, he didn't have it. Now Lowry's gonna be like, well, what we'll make the fit. Like, you know, he's just like, it's fine. Like the the, the, the chef said fine. He's a little bit annoyed about it. Like it's it's done. Yeah. But if he tells Lowry that the chef was annoyed, now it's gonna become this whole thing. Now Larry's gonna to want to go find you know, no, it's gonna cancel the fish. And now the chef will be annoyed at him for canceling, like just like you know, let's move on. Um, so yeah, so we had let's move on ourselves to Mr. Tahashi's office. Um, so Larry comes in, he uh, he motions whether or not he could pull out a chair, to which Mr. Takahashi tells him absolutely not. Yeah, and Larry wants to know why he calls him. And Mr. Takahashi says that he has received a, repl- a complaint from Ken about his comment that his baby looks Asian. Yes, and, and of course, Larry we says, know he's trying to put the kibosh on his own, <laughs> correct? And Larry tells him, What do you mean? It was a compliment. And he tells Larry that they will be deciding what punitive action they will take against Larry, and he should expect a letter in the mail soon. And the they is he, right? They were well, the club, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Larry's like, what does soon mean? Two days, two weeks. And Mr. Taihashi says, everybody knows what soon is. Yeah. Soon but, is soon. But doesn't, yeah, but doesn't actually say what it is. <laughs> um, and Larry says, uh, well, unless you say otherwise, I will be expecting a letter in two days. Yes. I mean, I guess Larry's confident enough in the fairness of Takahashi's judgment that he doesn't mind sort of risking it by, you know, arguing with him here. The way you or I would be very careful not to offend Mr. Takahashi before he rendered his decision. Right. Well, he just doesn't want to be an alert. He doesn't want to be, you know, sitting yeah. home indefinitely and waiting. He, you know, he wants to get on with his life one way or another. Now, what does soon mean? Too much at stake. Sorry, what? What does soon mean? Um, in this context, I think soon means a week. And it's a hard paper copy, not an email. Yeah. Phone call. Yeah. So, you know, they, you know he's, he might want to think about it for a few days. He'll make a decision. Well, hold on. Somebody... What is the current status of Larry's black swan murdering from Mr. Takahashi's perspective? Like he saw the tombstone, right? Um, yeah. The, the tombstone says Larry David swan murderer. Or yeah. something. So Larry can explain it away accurately as that guy had a grudge to pick with me because of an argument over Derek Jeter's value. Yeah, but he was already suspicious yeah, that Larry exactly. was the murderer. So I'm surprised. Takahashi, like, it's never mentioned again, of course, but like, <laughs> of course. in Takahashi's mind, he must think this guy, at the very least, could have murdered my swans. At the very least. The most, that's at the, the very most least. pro Larry, most generous possible interpretation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, he's a member in good standing, <laughs> although Mr. Uh, Takahashi guess. always is uh, yeah, suspicious. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, so Larry leaves. He bows before he leaves. Uh, do you get, do you think he gave him a good bow or he gave him a shit bow? That was a shit bow. Shit bow, I agree. It was just, it was a bow made without confidence. <laughs> I feel like if I were to make a bow, I would make that kind of bow also because I'm not really sure. I'm not, I'm not confident enough to commit to the bow. So I end up doing like a half bow and it ends up being a shit bow and it ends up backfiring. If anything, it's disrespectful. Yeah. If you're going to bow, um, you got to bow. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so we go home with Larry. Uh, Larry asks Leon if they got the mail, and Leon tells him, We haven't gotten any mail in three days. Mm. 
and Larry calls Richard. He's like, hey, have you gotten any mail? And he's yeah. like, yeah, of course I got mail. I get mail oh, every day. Small nit. Larry from his cell phone calls Richard on his cell phone. Richard looks at the phone and then says, who is it? <laughs> so, yeah, okay. it doesn't have Larry's number in his phone, apparently. Dials it every time. Um, and Larry realizes that it must be because of Gene. He's not delivering his mail. Yeah. And he tells reason, Leon the reason they're not getting a mail is because of how his date with Gene ended. It ended badly, and she's just her revenge. And Leon says, yeah, I once had this similar problem with a girl I dated who worked at Burger King. I haven't had a Whopper in three years. Which mm-hmm. is, this, the joke here is somehow is actually that there's only one Burger King in Los Angeles. Yes. Very meta joke by Kerb. By Kerb. I like it. Yeah. 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 They, but again, they've Leon been to the podcast. specifically takes the mail carrier circumstance and applies it specifically to a woman who works in a restaurant and right and larry doesn't make any reference to his previous experience and position in that identical situation <laughs> yes shocking if only uh, larry knew it was much about curb as we did. <laughs> yeah so larry laments this decision that he made to have dated gene yeah. um saying you know you can never go out with somebody that you might have to see on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a yearly basis yearly. you can only date people you don't know that you'll never ever LA. see uh, yeah. And uh, Leon is like really pissed off about the, you know, the fact that they're not going to get an email. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, Leon, that, you know, for messing up the whole mail situation, you know, he has a route to do. And Larry's like, well, you know, he shouldn't, shouldn't he be bound by some sort of honor code? You know, neither rain nor snow nor heat nor spite shall keep these, these couriers. It's the fourth one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leon has been expecting these, uh, CDs in the mail from his CD of the month club that he's still doing. Yeah. And uh, Larry for himself is, you know, did you ever do those, that letter uh, for Mr. Takashi? Um, I it's like 13 I for a dollar. Then you got to quit. Yeah. I don't think I did because I think somebody else had told me that they're a scam. Well, I think it's almost like gym membership where yeah. it's only you a do, scam you, because 99% of people forget to cancel. Right. And yeah, then they so, charge you like 50 bucks a month or something. Yeah. But so it's not actually a scam if you ac- actually, you know, follow through on your plan. Right. But they don't yeah. but they don't really like make that super clear. Obviously, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So like when you're like a 12 year old kid and you just like buy them and like you like you just get CDs, you throw the paperwork in the trash. Yeah. I mean, I knew a couple people who did it and they got like 13 CDs for a dollar and they quit. They just had to follow up. I mean, I remember while I never joined a CD of the month club myself, I remember endless, endless hours spent studying that full page ad in the back of the section of the newspaper, sure. circling sure. the ones I would order. In yes. a hypothetical world, or, or actually going to the actual like Sam Goody or whatever and purchasing those CDs, yeah, for like thirteen dollars each. Um, Alex, I have really good news for you. Yeah, you may have already won one million dollars. Yes, <laughs> and I am notifying you of this fact via the mail. You just need to do this whole thing. You scratch stuff off. You pick yeah, the car yeah. you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, the first time you get that thing, you're like, "This is amazing." If if you were to buy a compact disc of like a top let's say a top 40 artist right now of a new album that has just come out. First of all, where can you do this? I'm sure you can, you can probably buy it on Amazon, right? You think like, so or no? A CD. Yeah. They still sell CDs. Okay. How much does a CD cost? Uh, $14. I don't know. So, so, so you think it's like, hasn't really increased since like 1997. I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. I haven't bought a CD in 15 years. I don't know. Let's okay. See. So I'm going to, um, so red Taylor's version, right? A CD of Red Taylor's version you can purchase on Amazon.com for $15.94. Wow. So it hasn't increased that much. 
Yeah, well, how could it in a way? Well, yeah, I, I, I would actually guess without looking it up or doing the actual research, it probably did go up from like the 90s until the point when everybody was no longer using CDs, at which right. point it went back down. So I now the I have gotten CDs in the last few years. Like, for example, if you buy tickets to a concert, sometimes they'll mail you the right. CD. Right. And then you're like, what the hell is this to do with this? <laughs> yeah, it's very stupid. Yeah. You feel bad throwing it out because like, you know, when we were teenagers, it was like a very valuable piece of you know, material. Yeah, right. It was cool to have like the like the CD of like the live concert. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about before you I go to the concert. That a couple of times. They send you the CD of like that that the that the artist is. Oh, oh, I I know. I okay, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, so I yeah. I was talking about something else. But yeah, you're talking about I, buying I, a I CD at the concert. No, I or I've getting been, a live I, album CD later. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been to yes. concerts where they where I like later weeks on, later or months the, later from the concert that you were at. Yeah. Or even like I guess like they they sent it like you you like you it was part uh, of the thing when you bought the ticket that you would get it. Do you have to be like a member of like the Dave Matthews fan club or something to get this? It was okay. it, it might have been something like that. I don't yeah. remember exactly, okay. but I I know I've done that before too. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so um okay. My favorite oh, yeah, so, ism is when I says, where were we? <laughs> yeah. No way you're the episode. I mean, we, we, didn't figure, we, didn't, we still haven't figured out who, which one of us says I mean. Um, oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been paying attention to it. I don't think we either of us say it. Um, okay. So Leon, well, yeah, we said before he wants to know if he even slept with her and Larry tells her he didn't. And he's surprised that you're, he's getting the treatment of someone who did when the, he didn't even uh, tap that. Yeah, he's still still getting no mail. He got no tap, no mail. Hmm. The worst of all worlds. Yeah. Um, so we're back at the golf club. Larry comes to the gate and uh, asks Sal to let him in. And he's very cold to him and telling him that he's expecting a letter from Mr. Takahashi, but he has a problem with the mail woman. And Sal's like, how did that happen? And Larry tells him, well, I had to reset my relationship with her. Uh, and he's like, oh, I guess, you know, you've done that before, haven't you? And Larry asks him to open the gate, but Sal checks for his name and tells him he's been put on the do not admit list. And Larry tells him, come on, we've been friends for 10 years. You know, I put up with your drivel only to be mistreated now just because I suggested that maybe we should reset our relationship. And Sal, you know, snaps at him, tells him to back up. And Larry is forced to leave. Yeah. Now, I don't understand. Why is Larry going on a rant against Sal here? Sal isn't keeping him out to spite him for hitting <laughs> right. the reset he's on button. The do- he's, yeah. yeah, he's doing it. He's he put Larry on the do not enter list because he found out, you know, like. Even if Sal and Larry were good buddies, Sal would have to say, hey, Larry, I hate to tell you this, but I'm going to lose my job if I let you in. Right. Yeah, you're, on, you're on a list that says do not admit. Like, yeah. you know, that's a pretty specific, uh, clear list. Yeah. I hope that list is not very long. Like, you know. Well, it seems like they look at a photo because also this is a new, um, right? Right. A new proclamation. It just happened. Yeah. No, but also later on, there's a new guy at the door. Right. 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 And, yeah, and, he, Sal's and he knows Larry. Yeah. So I think, yeah, they must. Yeah. It's small. Yeah, everyone knows Larry. It's like when you're a security guard on Capitol Hill, you have to like or a police officer who like works there. You have to know by face all 535 members. You're like, or, oh, that's just the guy in the Viking helmet. Come on in. Or it could be it might be you only have to know the 435 in the house or the 100 on the Senate, depending on what side you work. I'm not sure. But knowing 435 members is not, not so easy, especially like when there's new ones every couple of years. Um, and so members are encouraged to wear their member uh, button to like help them be recognized. But. I just remember when I worked on the Hill, there's constantly like little fights of members walking through being stopped by security and throwing t- hand tantrums. Don't you know who I am when they're like some random like first term <laughs> congressman from Alabama who like, sorry, got it. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Some, so, so some maybe of these at the club, buildings, at a fancy club, they got to know. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. A doorman at fancy buildings about hand. Do they know everybody? Or even like you know some of these office buildings, I've seen um, security guards that were like super well trained with that stuff. Like they knew the names of like tons of people in the building, even when it was like hundreds of people in an office building. Oh, really? Like they would they would refer to lots of people by name. Oh, I don't think. I mean, you're talking about the security like downstairs at the entrance of the building, not even like working. Yes. For, oh, yes. Wow. I was. I once worked in a building where they they would just like know everyone's names. It was crazy. Or maybe the, just the VIPs like Sanensky. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I have never been uh, VI anywhere. <laughs> um. Okay. So yeah. So we go to this. Uh, I hear of. Oh, thank you. Um, we head to the battlefield. It's the it's time to reenact the war, <laughs> and everyone is all dressed up. Uh, Victor sure. tells Larry that he's oh, we watch this. Oh, we're just discussing it. Okay, fine. Yeah. Oh no, we're, yeah. I don't have. Oh, I guess we could pull it up. You want to watch nah, it? Nah, it's not even. Uh, it's more it's not visual that in the in the sound. Yeah. yeah I mean, but let, yeah, let, this, let's let's dive this to right me in. is one of the wildest scenes in the history of Curve. What what yeah, happens well, here? Because. They're at a large public park in the center of Los Angeles, and a gentleman brings live ammunition <laughs> and starts bombing dozens of strangers. And there is neither a legal reaction or consequence, a reaction by anybody in the room except for the in the air, except for those right. two people. No like, one else is like, hey, stop using real bombs. The Tories are like, yeah, we're going to win this time. Like, what? Uh, yeah, I mean... So, like, this is one of the few things that I remembered from season nine of Curb was this scene and, like, how just, like, crazy it was. Yes, very shark jumpy. This is, like, I, I, it just very much stood out in my memory as, like, a, a moment from season nine that I kind of just, like, had mapped onto the whole season as, like, oh, that season is bad. Uh, because this is just, like, so beyond the pale of, like, a normal, like, grounded in reality type of scene at all. Yeah, now, this is where we need to discuss that this episode is directed by Larry Charles. Larry Charles. Oh, okay, who, there you go. Yeah. So Larry Charles, who famously uh, on Seinfeld as well, directed all the craziest episodes, like the episode where there's a dream sequence of Larry and the cable guy getting gunned down and bleeding out in his apartment. Right. Um, yeah. These are always the the Larry Charles specials. And so I. But that guess, was a but that was a dream sequence. Yes, this actually literally happened. Here, um, the guy is trying to murder Larry, and, and, and possibly tons of other, other people. people. <laughs> right. This is the biggest terrorist attack in the United States since 9-11. Like, literally. Yeah. It's completely insane. I mean, I don't know what the death count is, but... Uh, yeah, as far as we know, it seems to be zero. Zero. Luckily. There is no consequences whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Quite a... <laughs> we had... I love Larry's little thing here with the, the guy who, who goes down in the first second. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a very stupid thing to do. I mean, but I respect the guy. Like, he's playing... like. I feel like I'm sort of a stickler in that sense. Like if you're playing the game, like you get shot, like that's the rule. Like, okay, yeah, so you're going to lay on the ground and get stomped on for three hours. I mean, if not, if nobody's going to do that, then the whole thing falls I guess. apart. What, right. What are we yeah, doing? What here? are you doing here? Then? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you doing here? Is a good <laughs> totally accurate. Yeah. He almost lucks out. He's like, oh, I'm dead. I can get up and go home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I was like, let him live. Let him live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so as these actually, you know, real bombs start going off, uh, Victor starts having a uh, PTSD attack. Yeah. Um, you know, he starts imagining like, you know, you know, bombs raining down, um, and Larry helps him. They run across the field to safety and <laughs> Sal, now Sal and his guys come after them with swords. Like they're not <laughs> kidding around. They like, they're just, they're, we're like, we're going to kill this guy because yeah. he, because he's wouldn't talk to me one time. Yeah. Um, um, 
it, <laughs> the, the whole thing is just so absurd on so many levels. Yeah. Um, so Larry and uh, Victor end up in this like random parking lot. They're looking for the oh, car. And... Uh, this is what I was going to say. It's yeah. interesting that your memory of this scene is sort of, you know, transposing it onto the season as a whole. I was sort of the opposite or, or I don't know if this is the opposite. I was different. I did not remember. How is that the opposite? No, no. Well, yeah. I didn't remember this having happened at all, uh-huh. which is why when I was re- like, I remember Victor having PTSD. And my right. memory is, oh, they're going to go to the reenactment and Victor is going to go nuts because of being in a war again. But I don't remember there being actual bombs dropping on him, which is like the most significant, prominent thing from the scene. And yet somehow I didn't remember that at all. Yeah, that's basically the only thing I remembered about the season. Is, well, I think that's like some of this and, and like, you know, some of the Fatwa stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just so wild. Um, so, yeah. So he uh, he notices Mr. Takahashi's car. He walks up to the driver's window. And now where are these exactly? him relative to the club in the park? And um, yeah, they could be anywhere. Yeah, I, th- I, I think they're probably not near the club. They're probably, you know, this is just a ra- completely random coincidence. But they walk out there in a parking lot somewhere. Yeah, I, I need a map of uh, L.A. again to know what's going on. Yeah, I get to work on that. Yeah. Uh, someone make us a map of L.A. and send it in. Um, so yeah, so he, uh, he tells Mr. Takahashi, uh, well, he, he sees that he's, uh, making out with Ken's wife and he asks Mr. Takahashi if he could do him a favor. Um, do you recall the letter you sent out? To re- and, um, I would appreciate if you could please remove me from the do not admit list. Yeah. And, now, how um, recently was this baby born? Um, it could be, you know, within the last six months. Oh, six months. Okay. So by six months is fine. Cause in my, in my perception was that the baby's born in the last couple of weeks. No, 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 no. I don't think yeah. so. Very unusual for a mom of a brand new baby. To <laughs> leave yeah, I think that's I think Although, that's not I don't know. this is the father of the baby. You, you, your time with the real father is so rare. You got to take advantage. Right. Of that's it. true. That's true. Yeah. Leave the baby at home, though, of course. Yeah, of course. With, with, with the fake father. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants the baby. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as he walks away, he says, I knew that baby was Asian. <laughs> um, so finally, uh, not finally. Oh, yeah. Not finally at all. Um, we, uh, we go back to the golf club and Larry, uh, stops at the gate where he's greeted by Randy, the new guard. And he, uh, he tries to talk to Larry and Larry ignores him. And then Larry, Randy opens the gate and lets him in again. There's a way to do this without being an asshole, but whatever. Yeah. So Larry, uh, tells Victor, you know, like we have, we have clothes we could change into, or we could just take off the jackets and we're good to go. <laughs> and Victor starts having another PTSD attack where he sees, uh, the valets wearing red blazers and he mistakes them for the red coat battalion that attacked them earlier. And he tells Larry to pull over and he runs out of the car and he charges towards the valet with the gun in his hands and the valets see him coming and they flee yes. as Larry washes on. Very um, <laughs> And finally, we'll uh, go back to the videotape once more for the final scene of the episode as Larry is walking home. A mail carrier is walking by. Quite an arm on Gene. Welcome home, soldier. Thank you for your service. <laughs> I do like the ending there. The ending is good. Yeah, I mean, it's like, confusing to me. She was such a stickler, and now like she's committing federal crimes willy-nilly. Yeah, yeah. The the, the Leon tag, thank you for your service, I think yes. makes the scene work. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Leon uh, 
mocking his buddy in real life there. All right. So uh, how do you rate this episode? Yeah, I think that um, this episode wasn't I wasn't one I was too high on. And I think talking through it didn't really do much to change that. Um, As I said, like it has that one scene that really just like kind of is like, as you said, like a jump the shark type moment. Um, I don't I'm I'm hopeful that we're not going to now see the back half of season nine. It really is kind of what we had remembered it as and that could that could be the case that like if the second half is bad then like you for sure remember the whole season is bad um so i am a little bit nervous that we're going in a, in a negative trend and that's going to be kind of uh you know will will validate our opinions of season nine um but i'm still hopeful i'm hopeful that we can rebound from this i think this is a, a below average episode um i will say it is pretty pretty good uh two pretties out of five all right. Yeah, I think I'm going to be lower than you even. Um, I, I just I can't get over a guy bringing live ammo to a park in L.A. and literally bombing <laughs> us to strangers. It's just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it just it's so yeah. it's so absurd and just ridiculous. I, I'm, I'm thinking here, uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to lay one pretty on the table. OK, now I have another card to flip over. The question is, do I have the lowest rating I've ever given is one and a half pretties. Yeah. And I've done that a total of 11 times. Do I think this is okay, one so the lowest? A- no, I don't. So I'm going to flip over the other card and it's a print. It's a half a pretty. So one and a half. Yeah. Pretties. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it would be bold to, to just say this is the worst episode of the series. Yeah. Definitely I don't, not I don't the think worst. it's that. It's definitely not the worst, but it's in the bottom 12. Um, yeah. I, I think that's uh, that's fair. Um, I, I think that's what uh, the numbers are going to eventually bear out when we mm. get to them. All right. Okay. Uh, let's talk about come with guys or gals. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. When, when you marry somebody, you're not just marrying that person. You're marrying their whole family. And so Victor, this poor bastard is marrying into Jeff and Susie. <laughs> so I say thank you for that service, if nothing else. Right. I mean, he, he, he honorably served our country. He's a huge Seinfeld fan. He's down to reenact the war. Okay, fine. So he like went berserk on some valets, but like maybe they shouldn't be wearing those bright red coats anyways. What's going on here? Right? Like nobody wears a toothbrush mustache anymore, right? Why? Because you don't want to look like Hitler. I don't wear red baseball caps anymore because you know the last guy ruined the red baseball cap. Like some would argue too soon. I would say it is too soon. You should not be wearing a red coat like that. A red coat is is identified with uh, the royalists who hate America. And uh, I say uh, uh, I support Victor in his charging them. So if you wear a red coat, suffer the consequences. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with actually Richard Lewis in this episode. Um, I don't usually go in that direction, uh, but I think he's very funny here. I think I love the scene with the, you know, faking the John Adams thing. And I, you know, I think he's just like really on the money here. Okay. This is the one, two, three, four, fourth time for you giving it okay. to Richard Lewis. All right. That's not bad. Yeah. And I have given it to Richard Lewis, uh, but twice. And once we gave it to him together. So, yeah, so Richard Lewis still in sixth place in the come with guy standings. He uh, makes up some ground on Susie, but still in sixth place. But yeah, good job by him. Who is your fucking asshole? You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Yeah, my fucking asshole. Uh, we had a President GW um, in, in the episode, but I'm going to go with a different President GW, that being George W. Bush for mm. his um, mishandling of the war in Afghanistan, which ultimately led to the PTSD 
that um, Sammy's fiance is suffering mm. uh, very unfortunately and led to the ev- the uh, defense of this episode. Interesting. So this is, I think, the first time we've had a fucking asshole nominee who did not appear in the episode directly. But he appeared in a different episode, but in a picture. Yes, but he's, but he's the fucking asshole of this episode. Right, right. That episode, he was uh, partially a cock block, so you could argue he was an asshole there. He was a huge asshole. All right, who's the bigger asshole? Uh, George W. Bush for the war in Afghanistan, among other acts, or Eileen <laughs> Solitaroff for saying LOL? Not LOL still. Yeah, no, for sure. That has to be <laughs> All right, for me, my uh, fucking asshole is, unsurprisingly, with the guy who started an actual war in Will Rogers Park. Sal uh, may not be going to prison for the rest of his life, but uh, he is sentenced to uh, the fucking asshole by me. So would you stop with the Ted dance? <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. We don't have any uh, major cameos here. We have uh, Chet Hanks, as you said, but I didn't even notice that uh, somehow. Um, we did, you know, we had Steve, Stephen Ranazisi a couple weeks ago as the chef in the disturbance filled kitchen. Uh, uh, we had Katie Hazleton, of course, this week. We get Paul Shear and Nick Kroll in season 10. Right. So, yeah, former pretty, pretty, pretty good guest Jeff Schaefer using that league curb pipeline, bringing them all in. Uh, yeah. We haven't yet seen Mark Duplass, uh, Katie's husband um, in real life and uh, yeah, uh, fellow co-star of the league. So he I wonder has not, he's coming he has not been on um, yeah. any day now. Mm. Okay. Uh, is it time? Uh, we did not have a postwoman on the podcast. We still have a postman. Is that correct? We absolutely still have a postman. Ah, nice. Postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! What a Shonda, Larry! Larry David! You are a lousy Jew! But you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! Shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! Okay, first we have some old business postman to deal with. Ah. Um, we got a tweet from the PFs um, ah. at, at the Von Savage. Uh, he says, yo, Alex and Av, to throw this into the lamping ring, here is the first instance of the word I heard from Public Enemy in 1986. Yeah. And he provides a link to cold lampin' with flavor. It's a Public Enemy song. But it's sung by Flava Flav, which, you know, he's usually seen as the hype man, not much of a rapper himself, but he's rapping here. Lampin, not just a word that's used, but it's literally the name of a song. And this is 1993. Yeah. Uh Oh, Jacob DeGrom is trending. Excuse me, 1988. Yeah, it's the offseason. Probably not good. Let's see. Why is Jacob DeGrom trending? What? Max Scherzer. Yeah, he's on the mats. What do you mean? Oh, I totally forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately for you, the whole people. Yes, there's no season, right? (laughs) If there was a season, that'd be quite a a decent combo. All right. It's right. It's um, it's nothing. I think I think it's trending for you. Not. uh... okay. so where are we? (laughs) Who knows? Are we going to the rest of the postman now? Are we done with Lampin? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the point is Lampin been around. So thank you. Thank you for the tweet. uh, And Lampin's been around since 1993. So, yeah. Leah not inventing it in 2017. Yeah, evidently not. Okay. First up, we have Joshua Schmitz, who says, okay, episode, love the Mr. Takahashi twist at the end. His come with guy is the mail carrier. The fucking asshole is the guy at the gate of the club. Take a hit, man. Yeah. Also, yeah. don't murder people. Yeah. Um, and he gives the episode two pretties out of five. Okay. Let's go to William Blake. 
who says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and eh, you guys look a little Asian. <laughs> he says, the come with guy is the mail carrier. Another point for Katie. She put Larry in his place. He needed it. Fucking asshole is Larry, who is insufferable this episode, not in an endearing way. He gives the episode two and a half out of five pretties. This episode is where the season hits a lull, but a half a point for Mr. Takahashi. Mm, yeah, always good to see him. We turn next to our friend Jim Crumley, who says, thank you for your service. Oh, wait, no, that's just the name of the episode. <laughs> he says, thank you for your service. This is a good episode. There's a lot going on, and it comes together well. Four pretties out of five. Jim, the highest on the episode. He says, the come with guy is George Washington. The father of our country was a snappy dresser and did a good job of making new recruits feel welcome. The fucking asshole is Mr. Takahashi. While I hate to pick on a former guest of the pod when he's not there to defend himself, Mr. T was bad in this episode. Yes. Taking Larry out of the club for saying that the baby looked Asian to cover for his affair with an employee's wife. Ouch. We move on now to Zach Brooks, who says the last scene at the club rescued this from being one of my least favorite episodes. This has a collection of funny ideas, but really disjointed and doesn't do much with them. It's nice to see Dana Lee back on the show again, but he should probably choose more discreet makeout spots. I would have named this episode the reset button. Have you guys had to do the reset button with anybody recently? Um, yeah, other than the kind of like that general uh, resets uh, dynamic I mentioned before. No one specifically, I don't think. Um, I hope not. Yeah, um, I mean, I use that word when I'm having like disagreements with my wife. But oh, really? Like, yeah, I'll I'll say like I'll say like let's reset. Let's go back to a couple minutes ago. Let's you know try and uh, you know apologize for the recent action. So I'll, I'll sort of say something like that. Um, sometimes it works. Sometimes yeah. it uh, further inflames. <laughs> yeah, I could see both ways. Yeah. Um, the come with guy is Victor for his service mm. and for his father in real life. Oh, okay. And the fucking asshole, yeah, Zach is a big uh, Tom Hanks fan. Uh, fucking who's, asshole. Who's not a Tom Hanks fan? Zach is a particularly big Tom Hanks fan. Yeah, okay. In my opinion, I, that's, that's how, I, I think he would agree with that. Um, fucking asshole is the chef. Sorry, but people have special requests with, with and that they come with within this territory. And the mini witty is probably not very sanitary. Um, and he gives the episode one and a half pretties. Yeah, okay. Good job, Zach. Yep. And we end off as always with Olin Allen, who says, well, I would like to thank Alex and Av for your service over the 10 series to date. I think it is time to reset our relationship. Uh-oh. I just want to go back and reenact as being one of the many Irish who backbone the Red Goats and looking to keep you as loyal servants to the crowd. <laughs> I may be willing to kill you, but hopefully wait a couple of hours as you wouldn't be having much fun being killed straight away. <laughs> A slow-burning episode came strong with the Larry Charles-esque darkness in the second half. Enjoy the PTSD and disgruntled red coat. I think the waiter natural tendency to underplay compared to a chef should have made Larry aware that his face needed to be exaggerated. Thought, given the waiter's nature, his face indicated strong disdain from the chef. Katie was a good match to Larry, holding him to a lot of his rubbish and a nice finish to the episode with the mail throw. Rating is two and a half out of five. Come with guy is Mr. Takahashi, given notice of letters being sent out and still engaging in amorous activities with the unplanned bearer of his child. <laughs> yeah, me and Olin, spot on as always. Mm, okay. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. Okay, so the uh, audience score from the uh, five scores we re- received this week, 
um, averages out to a 2.5 on the dot, uh, making it the 93rd ranked episode Ooh. by the audience. Um, it's going to get a little bit worse, though. Um, you throw in my two, you throw in Alex's one and a half. That averages now goes down to an exactly 2.00 on the button, uh, making this. Thank you for your service. The 95th ranked episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm so far. Um, and we remind you that is out of 96 six episodes. Yeah. So not great. So uh, the only thing lower than it is Angel Muffin. Yeah. So it, in episode 95 is uh, number 95 in our rankings. Um, yeah. And- Angel Muffin was yeah from uh, from yeah from season eleven was my sixth to lowest episode also so don't you hate to be continued on TV I mean the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends if I wanted a long boring story with no point to it I have my life <laughs> yeah well hopefully next week things will improve a little bit we will have the accidental text on purpose which of course we discussed at length a couple of weeks ago when Bill Belichick uh, committed that act <laughs> yes um. I will say that episode aired just a couple days before you and I met with a number of our other friends in person Ooh. at the Seinfeld post show recap live. Oh, yes. I actually do know that because I actually listened to their episode on season nine, episode five today, or a little, a little bit of it just to hear what they had to say. Um, and they, they were like advertising for that event. Hmm. And they were saying that, you know, now that uh, we're ending this podcast, I guess we'll, we'll be doing a reset on our relationship. Ah. Our podcasting career has come to an end. Um, of course, you know, fast forward, however, years later, it has not come to an end. Yes, it has flourished and flowered. Um, of course, for me personally, the, the day of the Seinfeld Post Show recap live. You made a big is, trade. Yeah. Yes, is more importantly, <laughs> the day I consummated an unprecedented four-way fantasy football trade. Uh, which is now precedented because I did it a couple years later, also. So, <laughs> so there you go. You shouldn't have even. You should have focused on the show then. It was something that you were going to do. Yet I know. but no, yeah. because but n- now I know. Also, they had another <laughs> right. podcast You moved the Overton window to be made for you made yeah. four way trades thinkable. A five way trade that's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, said it could be done. Without, I'm sure without, somewhere in the Middle Ages. Sure, without act. <laughs> yeah, without actual collusion. Yeah, that can't be done. Um. Yeah, five way trade is rough. Is yeah. hard to pull off. Yeah, I mean, we had the, the second four-way trade I had, our mutual friend Diskin was pulled in at the last second where mm. he was either getting or he was giving me Joe Flacco and I was giving him some fab money. And people are like, oh, it's not even a four-way trade. You just threw in Flacco just to make it. That. I'm like, well, no, because I needed a quarterback this week. And so that's why he had to get involved. Like it was recent. <laughs> All right. This is this is this is weird. this is not it. You're not you're not talking about a trade from a previous season. <laughs> <laughs> talking about a a five year, a four and a half year old fantasy football trade uh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> and the okay. reaction I got. No, actually, no, it's not four and a half because the second one. So it's like three and a half. But still. Uh-huh. All right. I hope that uh, even without a guest, uh, you thought that the last two hours with the two of us uh, meandering around like idiots was, you know what? At least we didn't shoot live ammunition at anybody. <laughs> was it only two hours? More than that, no? Oh, more. Much more. Much, much more. Yeah. Much more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we started and stopped and delayed, but yeah. it's Yeah, but still, it's, it's well over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well done to all of us. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, next week's episode will, it's called Namaste, so it'll be very calming. And if not calming, it'll at least be. So we just went two episodes in our group. Oh, shit. <laughs> Because, uh, because I in my document I already copied and pasted accidental text on purpose and moved it up to the top. Uh huh. Whoops. Oh yeah. Sorry. Whatever. All right. Pretty pretty good. At the end. <laughs> Bye everyone. Pretty 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 pretty, pretty good.
Goodbye, Jews.